Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 
Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was priceless. But I am still retiring. Ah, oh, Jesus. Tomorrow's the last show. Ah, oh, Jesus. Oh. I thought we got them. Mm, I thought that was uh, that was a bit. Oh. Because it fell on April 1st. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, boy, that's fun to laugh like that, huh? It's great. I feel like taking the rest of the day off now. Your uh, tobacco lungs just <laughs> gave out. Yeah. Uh, it's the Ron and Fez show. Six hours left before we launch Fez into an interstellar black hole. And when he gets back, we'll be old, but Fez will still be old. <laughs> Weird how time works. I think I think there's nothing weirder than this, than you saying the word retire. Because it just sounds crazy to me. It sounds crazy. I didn't want to say resigning. I didn't want to say quitting. I always know this. My old man has always said to me, never retire. Never let him re- let you retire. He's always bitching. When a man retires! <laughs> you know? And then, like, Fez is saying it. Hey, that priest on TV, is that one of our priests? Yes, Seems it very is. very familiar. <clears throat> yeah, it's one Which of ours. Which one's he? Uh, I think, I believe his name is Mike. I don't like I like a little more formality <laughs> Hey there Mike Mike Some of us kids We're gonna play basketball Anyway You can come Reffing for us Um He's all over the place I see him By the, the way That family. song I gotcha Is The most inappropriate Song Of all time It's basically Saying to a cock tease, no, I gotcha. <laughs> and making her hold it against her will. Take it. Ah. That was a good prank, though, Fuzzy, if you would just not retire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or unretire. Can you unretire before you officially retire? Oh, I don't know how it all works. Seems like that's a lot of legal things to have to go through. Um, no, we really... See, now people are saying, I know they just admit it, but no, we're not admitting. We're admitting that a lot of you people... Because oddly, Fez's announcement happened to fall on April 1st. April 1st is a day like any other day. Business has to be done. I did not know that it was even a day to... Punk people. I wasn't aware of that. Pronk them. I grew up a military brat in Taiwan. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Sure. And then later, uh, I decided to be a fighter pilot, but everybody made fun of me for it and called me mayonnaise. And thing is, <laughs> I had nowhere else to go, even when they were squirting me in with a hose while I was doing sit-ups. But I got together with Debbie Winger and gave her my hat and carried her out of the building. That's that's really my whole life up to this point. That was you? Yeah, that was me. Oh, shit. Mayonnaise. Because I used to sell shiny belt buckles to the other poopies. <laughs> this is the stupidest fucking line of that. All right, 866... 866- 
Ron Zero Fez, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. A lot of people are wondering, Fez, will you come back to radio under any circumstances? No, I am all done with radio. All done. Does that include podcasting? That includes podcasting. Yes, that includes talking into a microphone. If you'll never talk into another microphone. <laughs> I don't. No, what? I may not use a phone. Does that include wedding toasts? <laughs> yes. And Christmas celebrations? Yes, I, have I a- don't. I know now that you're lying, and I'm, I'm going to give you this bet. You have to grow your hair back if you ever talk <laughs> into a microphone again. Really grow it out. <laughs> I forgot we have a wedding coming up this year. Why would you never want to talk year. into a microphone again? I'm just, I'm retired from that. <laughs> I just, I haven't been comfortable doing it for a while, and I'm not going to do it. I haven't even officially retired yet from drugs and alcohol, as long as that's been. Because I'll even say it meanings. Well, you know, special occasions might like a little bit. I don't know if there's anything I said I wouldn't even be able to to do. Uh, here's Jay. Jay in Florida. Jay. What's up, guys? Yeah. I was I was wondering, is, uh, is this going to be kind of like a Brett Favre situation? Yes, I'll be is sending it? you a dick pic any moment. Okay, Fez. See, that's why you should yeah. never retire. Oh, That's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly why you shouldn't retire. Because you had the dick pic line ready. Kev says, I'm confused. Shrek has said, I fucking love you guys so much. It hurts my anus. I wonder what that means. I don't know, but it's sweet. Yeah. Ezra says, oh, you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this I like from Amanda. The laugh is fake. But Professional Pepper's disturbing hacking cough is sadly very real. It is, man. I smoke a lot of cigarettes. Now, the fact is, people don't know whether the announcement was fake or are fake in the announcement. <laughs> Inception, motherfucker. You like that? A lot of contest pigs downstairs, man, that I got to walk through every day now. Yeah. They're not even the fun old paparazzi. They're just fucking strange weirdos. They just, and there, there's a lot of them out there. I've seen like, um, there's like a, now a crew of them. Yeah. It, they're the same people. They hang together. Every day. <laughs> there's one like really tall, tall blonde lady that hangs out with like. Thunderdome. It's just a fucking Thunderdome. <laughs> Have you seen the tall twins down there? Yeah, they're They look like time. really tall Lucas brothers. There's going to be a shanty town in front of this place in no time. I think I saw a bunch of tarps down there. Are you going to take up a hobby fest during your retirement? Napping is going to be the first one. I don't know. I've never had a hobby before. I can't imagine that I would start one now. Smart. They say that, uh, you know, just sleeping is <laughs> hobby enough. I guess I'll get 18 hours in a day in my hobby. You don't think you're going to get the heebie-jeebies to get a mic back? No, I I can't imagine that. No, I am all done with radio. Yeah, I yeah, no more. I've gotten more than my share. I'm the belle of the ball right now. Everybody wants me. I'm the pretty girl at the prom. <laughs> I think they always did. My phones blew up. 
uh, by people who love me. And I think there's a little tad of hate there. So I don't know where I'm going. In the love? Yeah, in the love. I think there's oh. always... There, no, we're not, I love you with a veiled threat is what I felt like I was getting from everybody, okay. everybody that wanted to love me. Like, I love you. And if you don't do this, <laughs> you're going to regret it forever. And you better love me back. Well, you know what I, I, I said to people, too? I go, this is a, because you are so emotional, people tend to think that I'm cold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And heartless and lacking of a soul. But this thing is uh, emotional for me, too. Like you were crying yesterday. And Chris was crying. I look, man, I'm starting to cry now. That's not crying. That's just noises to make you sound like you're crying. All right, now you're just pouring water on your face. Those Isn't that tears? Then where did the tears come from? Your tear ducts and your eyes. Why would there be tears in your eyes? There's salty water inside your brain, apparently. That pours out at inopportune times. So many people sent me stuff. Now, yesterday, the uh, the iBang put up a fake Fez thing. <laughs> I don't know whether you saw that, but people went running to it. But there was just an old guy on St. I think it was St. Pete Beach. Yeah. <laughs> with a metal detector. But the real one is up now, and you gave quotes, Fez, which is nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of... Cr I see my face there, <laughs> and it looks like it should have the years of my birth and death next no, to it. You know what? It should look like you've come out with a folk album for the first time since 1961, or you've written a book about woodworking. It's a very Vermont-looking man that you've turned into there, pre-bald. I wish you wouldn't have shaved your hair, because you look great there. Fess has fantastic eyes. And the oh, mustache wait. I gotta great. say this, though. Hosp... Maybe I gotta find this to quote it perfectly, but he wrote something that actually made me... Um, Laugh yesterday. Sean. Hey, Ronnie B. Now, yeah. Fez, if you're not going to use a microphone from here on out, how can you order from the drive thru at McDonald's? <laughs> That'll be it, Fez. I'm just going to yell in the window. I'm going to pull around and yell in. You'll be yelling from the other side. Can I help you? <laughs> can I supervise you? Have you. Uh, We're not serving breakfast now. If you. Uh, Damn it! Oh, by the way, that thing that with the numbers that you with your birth and death date, uh -huh. I actually talked the Interabang out of this yesterday that they wanted to put up your radio years there. Oh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I said, no one will believe that that old folk singer <laughs> is that young. The mustache in this picture actually looks a lot more symmetrical than it does in real life. I don't know. It looks Thank fucking you. fantastic. <laughs> I know. Look, as I'm saying, it looks look, great. It's better to take a good picture than look good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like if you have to choose yes. between the two. I'm saying it's a great picture. Uh, all right. This is Hosp's line, and this actually made me fucking laugh. He said, most people don't get to say retiree before non-virgin. And that fucking... I go, this may... Other than nuns, this would be a first. But then the other thing that was funny is that he wants your couch. Well, he's he, not getting it now. You don't understand. He has a ratty old futon in his living room. 
You are not getting my delightful sleeper sofa. Um, Nick, Nick. Hey, happy new year, guys. Yeah. Hey, I was just checking to see if uh, Fezzi got you what you wanted for Christmas. You said you wanted thirty eight hundred bucks. No, he never has ever got me. And I think this should officially stop us getting each other stuff for Christmas. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna get crazy thinking about Fezmus. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we always have Fezmus. Yes, we always throw a Christmas party where we exchange gifts with. Uh, Fez, uh, before he flies back to Florida. That's always like a big time for us. That'll be our last I love Fezmas. Yeah, that'll be it. Sure, because like nine people are giving you gifts. (laughs) It's nine I won't have this year. That's true. And that was our last WrestleMania. Last ice cream cake. Yeah. Oscars. My, oh, the Oscars. Super Bowl. God, you come over to my house a lot. I've never been to your apartment. Is it nice? No. It's, it's, a, me- it's a mess. I should have Haas clean it so we- <laughs> to earn the couch. And lose your rigidity. <laughs> All in one shot. Dumb shot, right? Yeah. Got it. I don't think with his dick it would count as losing my virginity. All right. <laughs> There's a super small penis enough that he got into a porn for it. Which is kind of cool when you think about it. Um, Mike, Mike, go ahead, buddy. Hey, hey, buddies. Hey. Hey, I had an idea. I know you were talking about uh, putting together a listener request for next week. And I was going to suggest uh, the time Fezzi tried to do his rape joke. All right. Maybe the rape joke goes in. Oh, yeah, the big rape <laughs> joke. That was great. We uh, if if over the next two days you got stuff that you want to hear next week, we're going to start cutting this today. I guess after show, all five shows for next week. If as you've been looking back through the archives, mm-hmm. we try to make sure every radio station is yeah every era mm-hmm. of us working together is covered. I haven't found anything from Sirius yet. <laughs> Still looking. You're going to leave here like stone cold (laughs) I will actually break a window on my way out If if I, you know, people call me the puppet master If I could get him to come in here shooting Oh god, I'd be so happy That would be my final masterpiece I don't know why Fez just went in shooting everybody (laughs) All the people who wear ties got shot those aren't ties, they're targets. See, stuff like that'll keep me from getting the last day. Yeah. Uh, Brazilian Julie just wrote us from either Brazil or L.A. She doesn't know? It's basically the same no, place. she does not know, no. I mean, she just found out about you. God bless her little soul. Um... So many people want to throw a party for you, Fez, and you said no. No, I don't want a party. Thank you, everyone, though. <laughs> thank you, everyone who's offering. That's not like an angry thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for everything. There will be no party. There'll be no party on my watch. Uh, 
and Chris tried to get surf and turf tomorrow, <laughs> and I had to point yeah. out. Yeah. That, uh, That's what I had for my birthday party. It was awesome. It's Good Friday, my friend. We oh. don't eat meat. I don't know about you Jews that go out to Long Island for Passover. <laughs> oh, he wanted shellfish. <laughs> shellfish and meat. What a piece of uh, <laughs> corporate garbage. I, I forgot about Good Friday. I forgot about Passover. I forgot it was You were crying made people think that this was fake. Re were you truly crying? I'm staring you right now in the eyes. Yeah. Yes. It's fucking real. I got very, very emotional. I The way you were crying, I thought someone else wore the same dress to prom as you. <laughs> See what I did there, Fez? Yeah, it was great. Really came pouring out. And I was trying to keep it in real hard. But it was totally 100% real. I don't know what people are thinking. I'm fake crying. Everybody thinks that you faked cried. It's hurtful. I mean, 100% of the people. <laughs> that really hurts me then. Everybody in my family was calling me last night heartbroken. Just heartbroken. Oddly, and this was annoying me for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they were crying for me. And then they would go, until Chris faked cried, <laughs> it was an amazing show. To a person. They just point me out of yeah, the whole thing. They thought that you showboated and tried. They, most of them were going like this. The poor man's Ronnie Wood came in and acted like he was <laughs> connect, connected to you guys after less than a decade of friendship. Eight and a half years. That's nothing. <laughs> Drop in the bucket. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. Because I really, I, you know, I never cried on the air before. I barely well, you don't do it well, so it's not your fault. Don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Some people said that you were laughing in the middle of your tears, and I had to say it to them, Chris Stanley is the most inappropriate laugher in history. He's a funeral laugh guy. Yeah. There's been a lot of times on the air, I've said to him, why are you laughing? I'll read a news story, and he will laugh, and I go... And I have to, because I don't want to be dragged down when the fucking internet mob starts to, you know, bitch about it. Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of manic, so that was just a weird time for me. But yeah, I've, there's plenty of times, ter terrible things are said in the air, and I just laugh it up. Not sure what that says about me. A lot of people were bringing up your voice they called it creepy and slithery and i heard the word <laughs> slithery from more than one person when um like if a snake had a breakdown when i first started talking i really wait, what's wrong with my voice oh god there's tears coming oh my god <laughs> that was embarrassing it was heartfelt. Was straight from the heart. Um, Jay Bob wants to ask something about a. Hey, uh, I have stuff. a bit for you. Yeah. First, when when uh, Chris started crying, I just thought he wanted to take over the gay spot on the show. So I, I maybe think it was true because straight. he wanted to his spot. But uh, one of Fez's greatest bits from uh, Sirius XM, I hope we can run, is uh, the Spody. I want to hear some Spody next week. 
<laughs> I don't even know how Spody or why Spody started, but that Spody is a possibility. The memories from last month. <laughs> Still, that's part of it. That's part of it. I'm a star Spody. Um, when you were bringing up that back on the Ron and Ron show, that you used to get the last break of the week to do your fezzatorials. Mm-hmm. That was crazy to me. And that went on for years, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just a quick segment. And I think they were even edited sometimes. The script was edited. Like, this is too much. <laughs> this is too long. Um, and that's what, like, the young guys who come in here and demand mic time don't understand. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Oh, I live, I, you know, I live for that three minutes at the end of the show. Yeah. And worked on it all week. Well, the thing is, there for the first couple years of your career, you were doing three minutes of on air time a week, a fucking week, and you built that up uh, after all these years, where you were doing almost seven or eight minutes a week. <laughs> See, this is, that's double. Just yeah. so people know, that's double, Ron. This is what keeps me from crying is because I'm so mean and awful. <laughs> But yeah, my family is heartbroken for me. That's very sad. Yeah. They, they say to me, relatives will say to me, I can't picture you without Fess. I can't imagine you without Fess. Is any of that helping you? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, it made me think. I, I was actually, last night, I'm like, I think I'm kind of... Uh, Stunned. I'm kind of numbed. You know what I mean? And like, shock is a good way yeah. to put it. When all your dreams come true, what next? You know what I mean? Like when you've conquered every goal that you wanted to, you know? Yeah. And then finally disposed of your worst enemy. Then what does Alexander do? And tomorrow's our last fucking day together. Yeah. After all these decades. Yeah. Decades. After a long time. And no, I'll see you Monday. Or talk to you over the weekend. Well, I'll talk to you over the weekend, but. Oh my God, to me. Maybe my family's right. That's the weird thing of you don't know what's going to come up. I know I don't. That gets me. That just all of a sudden is a thought that I hadn't had in a long time about all these years. Hold on. I'm going to Craigslist. What are you getting on Craigslist? Want it. One gay buddy. Must have stents. You're not going to find another gay guy with my heart problems. (sighs) Um, this actually does have me a little depressed. I never even know whether you're kidding or not. This might be another one of your elaborate jokes. You know what's, um, what's bad, Fez? You don't have FaceTime. You're not an Apple guy. We could just sit there and do FaceTime. Yeah, I just, I'll just have to call you on a phone. 
I've barely mastered that. Hmm. I bet we don't stay in touch. Why would you think that? I don't stay in touch with anybody. I will stay in touch. I got my folks down on once a week Sunday. I mean, they call me the good one for doing that. <laughs> How long's the call last? You know something, Chris? <laughs> Why don't you call your folks? <laughs> I can't. There. No, I'll get the Long Island fucking medium to come in here. How's that? <laughs> I don't trust her. Was your dad doing something that began with an H? Yes. Uh, <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> Mixing it with a C of some time to whoa. make an SB. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. Only fucking junkies are laughing. He's <laughs> doing meatball humor. I wish more people, This. I'm just going to say this. I wish more people would ask me if I'm staying. They don't. No one can picture me without you, Fez. Yeah, it's not that, even my own family. It's that shock thing that everybody's going through. You really think that you're spreading shock everywhere? I do. What? what you are seriously? Your fucking ego is through the roof. Why would everyone be in shock? They don't know whether it doesn't feel real to anyone. Oh my! That's why some people God. are questioning if it's real. Um, someone wrote this. Chris sounded like Rocky crying when Mickey died. <laughs> Do we ever find your tears? Yeah, we have some tears. I, for anyone who missed it yesterday, our big April Fool's joke was that Fez was retiring. And everybody fell for it. And that's why we're the kings of Carney. Um, so this is Chris Stanley. <laughs> And Chris, put yeah. those fucking headphones back on and listen, uh, listen to what we had to go through. Okay. This is Chris Stanley expressing himself. <laughs> Let's uh, bring our boy in, Fezzy. Chris Stanley, corporate Chris, he calls himself. How you doing, Chris? How's it going, guys? <laughs> corporate Chris in the house. How you doing? Very, very emotional. Um. Listening to people call up and talk about, uh, I started listening to the Ron Fez show when I was like 16, and I was in high school, and uh, it's been eight and a half years that, uh, that I've been your guys' producer. Thank And I just, I never no. thought, um, I didn't, I'm not, I, I can't tell you what I, when I was a listener when I was 16 I never thought I'd be working for you for eight and a half years Protection. it's been my entire adulthood I came when I was 23 years old and to see, see it ending it's the run up fetch show is the funniest fucking thing <laughs> Ron and Fetch shows the funniest fucking show in the world, and um, he got tough. He got tough. It's been—I uh, uh, can't even. There's no words to describe the experience I've had working yeah. with you and Fez. This is his Oscars. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect to lose my shit like this, but it's—you're fake bullshit. All right, stop it for a second, Fez. Now do you get it? 
that you don't have to be gay to be a faggot. This is what we've been trying to tell you. Bullshit. Now <laughs> I understand. Why didn't you put it to me this way years ago, Chris? This is what we met from the beginning. I'm not that. I so what? I got emotional. So I, I cried a little getting. bit. Yes, I did. You did something outside <laughs> of emotion. That's what emotion is to me. This is how you know you're not on the inside. Ronnie and I don't have to count half years. That's true. <laughs> like a fucking child. I've been here for eight and a half years. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Was <coughs> that fake? You should fucking put on a king's crown and sit on a garbage dump and be fucking king of the garbage. Because that's what you gave Fez yesterday. No, I gave him raw, true love and emotion. You gave him raw sewage. <laughs> the Ron and Fez show is the greatest show. Yeah. The Ron and Fez show is the greatest show. Yeah. A fucking piece of fucking garbage. Really? Because I have my love for this. You have zero love. Nothing. Proven through that. Snotty, snorting. <laughs> I had forgot about that. That's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. By the way, so you know how emotional Fez is. While you were doing your fucking whatever that was, your run at, you know, I look over, Fez is dry as a bone, just fucking staring at you. Of course. You you have no empathy at all, Fez. <laughs> Nothing. You should be like this when... Well, mark the time. Dead at uh, 12.34. <laughs> Just take it off his gloves. Anybody want to go out for burgers? <laughs> um, Fezzy, is there anything that you want us to play next week? Um... I would, I guess, I would like you know some of the early stuff. I don't have any of the what we talked about the Friday last break of the week things, but yeah, some of the early stuff would be really fun to hear. I like to find some NEW stuff, some JFK stuff, and is there any Daytona stuff anywhere? I don't think there's any Daytona. Dude, dude, remember Cave Dave said he had some. Oh, okay. Remember he called. Yeah. Fez and I had this great... When we rebooted, we went to this friend of our station and just worked there for a little while. And we're sending stuff with Jeremy Coleman. And uh, we had some funny fucking shit there. Because we were just... Fu it was like truly like being off-Broadway. You know? You're doing whatever you want, just working stuff out? Yes, Chris. That's okay. exactly it. Why would that have to... What, were you talking in the <laughs> microphones? Yes. Did you guys have on headphones back then? Mm-hmm. With the spots? Were you doing the show standing up or sitting down? So we did that show standing. Yeah. Some shows we did standing. Some shows we did sitting. You know what it all comes down to? What's that? Size of the table. <laughs> That's the only difference. If you have a high table, you stand and do the show. Studio setup really has everything to do with it. You have uh, stood at low table places and it never worked. No, I've tried it. And, yeah. Because yeah. you're like, man, why would I... Where's my that whole... I'm fat. Oh, I know. I'll stand up. 
He's just sitting there bumping his balls against the fucking side of the corner of a, a table. Jesus, uh, Father Mike's still on there. Parents angry over beheading video. What? In high school religion class. Oh, they showed it. I thought maybe their kid got beheaded. <laughs> well, then they'd have every right. Hey, uh, the cop yesterday was like literally my favorite cop now, the one who was screaming at the Uber driver. He has lost his badge and gun and is on what they call gay duty. I, well, I don't know if they call it that. I, would I have know lo- they do. I would have loved to have been there when they took Big Pat Cherry, the bully's badge and gun from him. Are you giving out his real name? It's everywhere. I didn't know it. Yeah. I think he's hysterical. Here's the thing. You can actually choke people to death in New York and get away with it, but you can't yell in their Uber faces. I can't believe this guy got anything levied against him. I figured, it, whatever, okay, so he yelled at the Uber driver. Why would the cops do anything? To t- they took away his gun and his badge? Yeah. And he's off the counterterrorism patrol. Oh, no. God damn it. Oh, That's no. what we need. Yeah, now the next time there's a 9-11, blame it on this. Why was it Cherry there? Uh, here we go. There's a picture of our neighborhood right there at Times Square. Two New York City women arrested for allegedly trying to make homemade bombs. Feds are getting out just in time. Jeez. Just in time. They found out how through ISIS propaganda. I'm married ISIS on the sixth day of me. Fez, how are you going to be this time tomorrow when you say goodbye to me? Oh, I'm going to be a mess. Well, remember this. When you say goodbye to me tomorrow, uh-huh. you will never see me again. All right, that's going to make me messier. I'm just not good at keeping up with people unless I work with them. Well, I'll keep up with you. How? I'll email you and I'll call you. What and you all mean? you have to do is click or answer. Yeah, but what are you going to say to me? You're not going to be talking about radio. You're just going to be like, I'm still napping. <laughs> Had a great nap yesterday. And I'll just write back to you. Thanks for listening, dude. Stay clean. Hey, this is what you send <laughs> everyone. Oh, somebody wrote this into us. Um, can you play that bit where Ron gave Fez's dad the name of his radio characters to read at an event? Uh, hashtag Tossie McSallot. <laughs> that was literally one of the the greatest nights of my mean life. And what was that occasion for, Fez? This, that was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary party. So your dad called me and wanted to know some of the things that to get to you about. It, yeah, it was a friend of my dad's who worked with them and said, can you please tell me some of the characters Fez plays? Because I want to I wanna put it in... I'm speaking at the celebration, so I want to use it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I must be awful. Yes. Um, Dirty Sanchez came up at the party. Eric in D.C. Hey, Ronnie Fez. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to ask about those monologues that Fez used to do. Um, I heard back while he was uh, he was in the he did the Jaws monologue about the the dead babies, dead baby eyes, and the, 
Dead doll's eyes. I'm no, dead baby eyes. That's the bit yeah. that he did. Do you remember this at all? Chris? Yeah, I remember. It was good. We started giving him famous monologues from various different films, and would come in and he would uh, do them. I thought those were awesome. I would love to hear those again. I really would. Those were. It made me laugh out loud. I thought that was some good stuff. That's- all right. Um, here's uh, John in Jersey. What's up, buddy? Hey. Sad day for everybody, but um, Ron, what if you got a young Filipino kid like Journey, and we just replaced Fez with that? Any way you want it, <laughs> that's the way you need. Any way you want it. He just a smart girl. <laughs> Live in the lonely world. <laughs> Um, here's Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. Hey, Ron. First, I want to say I want to wish Fez good luck, and I sincerely mean that. I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. I thought you were calling this all bullshit yesterday on Twitter. Uh, Well, yeah, of course, but, you know. Have you come around? On the chance that it's not bullshit, I really do sincerely mean I wish you well. What, What do you believe is the truth? Um, you know what, Ron? Uh, I love who you love. You told me that years ago, so I am trying to go with the bit. So I don't, I'm going to wait and say. I'm going to wait and see. Right, how about this? What if you had to bet on it right now? Which way would you bet? I would bet that Fez is going. Wow. But so I don't know. You did but, a full then, turnaround, though. Yeah, you went 180 on this. Yeah, I don't know, because at first I thought, and then I'm like, you know what? That's the ultimate Carney trick. He would do it on April 1st. And then, you know, fool us all into believing that it was fake. But I don't know. You'd have to be an evil genius to pull that off, my friend. But I do have requests for best of. Yeah, great. There was one where you went into the booth one time and were talking to Fez through his headphones. And you were screaming at him so loud that you could hear him through that. We could hear you through the headphones. I don't even remember this. That was so funny. And, um... There was one time Eastside Dave got drunk at a wedding and was singing um, Sweet Child of Mine, but he sung all the lyrics wrong, and you had one of the interns write all the lyrics out, and then you read it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it, spoken, it was like spoken word, and yeah. I, I seriously, I was at my desk. I thought I was going to die laughing. That was so funny. And uh, anything with, uh, as ironic as this sounds, anything with you making fun of Eastside Dave was so hilarious. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely look for some of that. Because all these will be gone now, Fez. Yeah. Because at whatever project I do next, it's not going to be the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, there won't be an Aunt Fez on that. I mean, when you really think about it, me and you, we say, oh, we've done this thing, but we've really done a lot of different shows. Like, we always formatted it different wherever we went to, and it ended up the same way, Fez crying. But all these tapes now will be gone. Dust in the wind. I think everything Queen Elizabeth brought up was XM. Uh, yeah, I actually have to... I didn't come on till XM. Okay. So, uh, I, but I do listen to some of the older bits. When when Fez got on the radio and was just talking Spanish the whole time. Oh, yeah, that's and you, when... And all you hear from you, Ron, is... Yeah, mm-hmm. That was yep. uh, when a station flipped 
in so a station, I forget what it was, one straight Spanish, and then we did some kind of thing, came on the air and acted like we were Right, but Sassy was out now talking well, like, yeah, perfect yeah. Spanish, yeah. and you were just doing the whole Philly bit. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm, yeah, see, yeah, see. <laughs> I think that was WJFK. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, thanks. Um, All right, good peace. luck. Bye. Thank you. So there's the people, even the ones that are most adamant about no. And you go over the iBang and see Fez's uh, little retirement thing up there. Uh, also, comedy news over there uh, on the iBang. Al Franken telling uh, Letterman that he should run for uh, senator of Indiana, and it's a possibility now. Uh, Bill Hicks, Relentless, was going to be in theaters April 27th, which is amazing when you think about it. And Vice looking at Mitch Hedberg 10 years after. Also crazy when you think about it. Um, I got to read off that uh, little live read about Miami. My team, uh, we don't like to remind me of stuff today, but I want to let people know that uh, South Beach Comedy Festival... If you're at the South Beach Comedy Festival, check out SiriusXM's Comedy Showcase at the Gleason Room backstage at the Fillmore, April 10th and 11th at 10 o'clock. Both shows are free, and they feature hilarious comedians. Our good buddy Emma Willman will be there, Dan Cole, Thomas Dale, and uh, the show is going to run on Comedy Hits, Sirius XM, 99, April 17th, 5 o'clock, for the premiere broadcast of Sirius XM's showcase at the South Beach Comedy Festival. Check out SouthBeachComedyFestival.com for more festival details and how to get them tickets. Tickets. Um, you gonna miss live reads, Fez? Yeah, I those I I won't do them into a microphone, but I'm sure I'll end up doing them just at you know at home anyway. They were definitely adequate. They Not got memorable, the, but adequate. They got the job done. Maybe we should play some of our old uh, live reads where I used to be able to fuck up Fez's live reads. <laughs> we have those. Before, uh-uh, stop me from, uh-uh, in. Well, Fezzy, less than five hours left. Yeah, that clock's not going to stop ticking. The clock at the wall said three o'clock. That's the last call for alcohol. I said, what you need? You know, they they picked out around the world everybody's favorite time of the day. And no matter what country you're in, the favorite time of the day, 7 p.m. Or as we call it in this country, sundowners. Now, I agree with 7 o'clock being the nicest time of the day. Uh, Chris, where are you on this? I like seven o'clock, but I thought it would be like early in the day, like lunch or so, like around like twelve or one. No, then you got to go back to work. Seven o'clock, you finish your dinner, you're kicking back. The fucking night hasn't been ruined, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you're just in a chill mood. You know that you've got the rest of the night to relax. I would only think of one other time of the week that I would say I'll put up there with seven o'clock at night. What's that? 
11 a.m. on a Sunday. Perfect time of the day. It's the time that you'll end up finally, you know, like, you know what? I'm going to put some jazz on. I'm going to enjoy myself. Or I'm going to play some Van Morrison or Joni Mitchell while I read the Sunday paper. Nice. I would say noon on a Saturday is the ultimate. Where your weekend is really still just starting. If you haven't had your breakfast yet, it's it's still not too late for breakfast. You speak like a man that uh, doesn't have children. Children, when you're in this country, Saturday is a busy day. Saturday is also, you know, running around day, right? We got Mm -hmm. our chores to do for kids. The old man has to go to the hardware store, the... You know, everyone has stuff to do, and the kids are always either kicking balls or swinging bats at balls. It's a very busy day for families, where Sunday you can act like it's a day of rest, everybody. Come on. Chill. We just had the game yesterday. Yeah. Saturday is a busy day for families. Uh, single people, I guess it's wide open. You can be drunk on a Saturday, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, brunch. You can go nice, have a nice brunch. Get a few in you. I think of brunch as more of a Sunday thing. I don't think of a brunch as a Saturday gimmick see i think see brunch leads to just drinking heavily afterwards just goes into it so i mean I, you don't want i don't want to blow my whole sunday just getting whacked so i like i prefer to brunch on a saturday Fez like saturday at 12 because furthest he can possibly be from being on the air now your whole life is going to be stress-free it's all going to be saturday at noon yeah Yeah, it's also good because you still have your. I think you still have most of the a majority of your weekend ahead of you. It's true. Because seven p.m. was was decided around the world. So do TV program? Did TV programmers kind of know that to put like popular shows? It's just the opposite for me. I will watch shows that people watched years before that I thought were dopey and enjoy them at seven o'clock. Like, I do not have a problem watching Two and a Half Men at 7 o'clock, but I never would have watched it at 9 o'clock. I'll watch Big Bang Theory at 7 o'clock. Never would have watched it at 9 o'clock. My latest, Modern Family, which I find to be delightful. Yeah, There's a gay guy in it. Makes me laugh. Still haven't seen an episode. 7 o'clock, my friend. It's all wide open for you. You can get to it. You can get back-to-back episodes. <laughs> 7 and 11 o'clock, they also do that, too, for the old TV shows. That's how I watched... Will and Grace. There you go. I still haven't seen it. I've got a lifetime of Will and Grace in front of me. Yeah. And I can't wait. I think 10 p.m. any night is a really good time because, I mean, you could head to bed, but it's a, at the very least, you're in your wind down time. It's not too late if you want to start watching a movie. I haven't uh, went to bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's a bit early. I mean, I'd have to be downed out to go to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Something terrible must have happened. Sometimes in my whole life I've liked this. Uh, and it's also great when you have kids. Two o'clock in the morning while everybody's sleeping. You feel like you're on the wall, but you're really watching a movie or on the internet. It's a very peaceful time of the night. There's something really great about seeing like the kids have passed out. They look so comfortable. No adult will look as comfortable as a passed out kid. Oh, no, I find it weird to see passed out children. Because of some of the things that you've done. I've done nothing wrong. Um, Here's our buddy Bill in Jersey, probably the last time we ever talked to him. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Big ass card holder, 29875, my buddy. Hoo-ah! Uh, Ronnie, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I really hope that this is a, a work. I'll be the biggest rube, but if not, I, I loved every minute of you guys, and uh, I just can't say enough good things about your show and, and what you've done for people out there. It's phenomenal. Thank you, my friend. Listen, that said, Two things I would love to see, uh, and I know one will never probably happen again, but an Afro show would be a hell of a way to go out. I would love to do a, love to put an Afro show on there. It might even be a, a good way to get the uh, the old buddies back together, you uh, know, with what they're going through. And, I, like I mean, that. to hear Fezzy Dad hose his ass out would be just a hell of a way to, uh, to, to end next week. All right, thank you, my friend. I'll veto that one. Uh, uh, hosing your ass out? Yeah. And the Afro show, I don't know about that one. I listened to Opie today mm-hmm. and heard him play my announcement from yesterday. I didn't get a chance to hear that. Uh, I'm glad you didn't. Because... Is Opie buying in or thinking it's a work? Opie thinks it's real. Sherrod mm-hmm. Small thinks it's a complete work. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy wasn't sure. Um, Come on, Jimmy, take a stand. But uh, as my tearful announcement was played, of course, one last chance to get a dig in at Fez. So there was a laugh track added to when I was crying. The Homer Simpson drop, be more funny. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that happened today. So that didn't make me feel great. Well, at least you got to experience it one more time. Yeah. It's just that, you know... I, I understand where it comes from. Opie doesn't know what it feels like to be sad about not working with a partner anymore. Oh. <laughs> so I see what, where did that you comes write a from. Write line this morning and <laughs> go that long before you delivered it. It's I I understand. I'm a human. I have feelings. My partnership is breaking up. I'm not popping champagne. I'm go- There's a bond that people <laughs> form. Opie, I'm going to try to explain this to you. There's a together, and you, it's not easy when it's done. You wrote some lines earlier today. I just, I just saw you look down and to the right. What were you doing? Writing this while you were in your nightgown this morning? No, I was reenacting the Kennedy assassination. But who looked down? Down and to the right, isn't that it? Yeah, but he didn't look down to the oh. right. That's where the bullet went. Did you, wanna, did you write any more gags, or is that it? That's it. I'm fine. It would have been so cool if you would have meant that. Instead I absolutely of, did mean it. No, but it's you sad. wrote it down, and then you told this long story before you got to it, and you just read it off. It almost sounded as dull as a roast. Um, here's uh, Matt. Matt, go ahead, buddy. Hey, boys. How's it going? Uh, good. Uh, I just want to say, I know you mentioned the live read, but the Carbonite one, you guys, the one in particular with Little Carby, you and Dave. Oh, that's yeah. literally my favorite thing you guys have done in a long time. It's It's fantastic. All right, thanks, dude. We'll uh, yep. we'll throw that in, Bobby. Bobby, what's up, cousins? Hey, cousin. Uh, I just wanted to say, still not sure if this is a trick or not, but um, if it isn't, uh, Fez, wish you the best of luck, buddy. 
Um, you guys have got to put BL Fez on the best of. That was some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my Which life. Which one? Oh, uh, when Fez oh, when I, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was too mean, I think. Danny, Danny, Danny. Oh, that shit yeah, was, that was kind of the funniest funny. shit I've ever heard. But then you um, talked about dead parents or dead brother. and Yeah. <laughs> BL Fez was the best. Um, and Corporate Stanley, glad you're back, bro. It's good to hear your voice. Um, yeah, you came back for today. Are you going to be here tomorrow, Chris? I'll be here tomorrow. Jesus. What? I just think, you know, mm. guests and fish. You know what I mean? They both start to stink at three days. <laughs> I read that on the wall somewhere. I feel very good about it. Carla Finch says, do you know the stats on the death rates for people that retire and do nothing? See, that's another. The, a man is normally petrified of retiring. Like, if anyone would even bring up, like, how long I want to be in this business, I just, to me, it sounds like insanity. There's, like, a, there's an end? First of all, what I do now is the same thing that I used to leave my, leave my house to fucking do on a street corner when I was a kid. Hang out with my friends and bust balls. To give that up would be frightening to me. What you're doing scares me as much as you're afraid of going on the air. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know the stats that Carla has and I'd rather not know them. They're pretty high. Um Dave in Ohio. Hey, two things. What's going to happen to um Fez's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame appearance? Is that still on? Oh, that was and, always uh, a work. Just so you don't understand that, he never never got that. That was never true. Uh, David, Chicago. Hey, what's up? Uh, Fez, uh, I wish you luck, man. It was good to listen to you while you were on, and I just wanted to say thanks for that. And uh, uh, I'd like to hear any time that Fez got hypnotized next week if you could do that. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of hyp- hypnosis thing on there. Yeah, yeah, those are always great. Um, let's uh, go to Frank in New York. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. Good. Uh, first of all, how strange it already is that we took me uh, by year, both ONA and Ron Fez are kind of breaking up in front of us. That's already number strange. Number two, I think tomorrow says really should go out in a blaze of glory, walk that aisle one last time and trash every motherfucker doing nature boy. That would be amazing. You've and never uh, done the nature boy. Well, you've probably only done it five times in the last, what, 10 years, you think? Yeah. And then the last time was a bit wheezy. That's probably been my favorite thing that you've ever done. Not the last time, but the Nature Boy used to really kill me. Um, Hard Rock Johnny's on the phone. Johnny. Boys, I'd love to hear some Kenny Allen on the best of. I think that those were any I'd love to find some Kenny Allen. I could send them to you. I have a few of them if you need them. Great. Yeah. Yeah, send them to Chris. You know what? Send him to Fez. Chris will just end up fucking forgetting about him. Send him this way, Johnny. 
I will. Otherwise, I send him to Chris. He won't read the emails like always. CC me yeah. on that. <laughs> just wow, CC really me. Corporate Chris. Chris. Just CC me, all right? Chris. He actually is so bad at work, he should move up high. <laughs> <laughs> Failing upwards. The Chris Stanley story. Speaking of failing upwards, when Johnny Gogo called yesterday saying that he wanted to do a press release, that motherfucker has never gotten one thing out ever. And then was trying to like, trying to like see through the work and be like, can I quote you on that, Fez? Would you talk to Hinckley? I'm getting this out. And seriously, Fez and I could take a shot at Biden and, uh, Johnny Gogo wouldn't be able to get it out. <laughs> Poor fella, he was just trying. Yeah, he's the reason why no one's ever heard of Hard Rock. They're going, wait, what is this place that has famous pants? Most people in New York don't know it left 57th Street because Johnny Gogo is on the PR. <laughs> I remember when I told you when you had the hard rock in 57th Street, biggest mistake you'll ever make leaving here. <laughs> biggest mistake. Don't do it, Johnny, please. Oh, that would actually be a couple if you had some of the um the the night of the live broadcast where Pharrell came on and basically got him after he had gotten fired. You remember you guys I think were at, that was when you guys were at JFK and you came up and did a live broadcast from the hard rock. They actually, here's a, we were at JFK, we came up and did a live broadcast from the Hard Rock. JFK pulled the fucking plug on us because I was talking to Anthony on the air. So I just fucking, like, I was so fucking pissed off that I'm just like, then we're off the air for the night. And we just ended up doing the show for the room. And we went back like crazy people. But isn't it funny? Like, wherever... Anthony, is, who to me is the funniest, is always persona non grata at every fucking place <laughs> mm-hmm. after he leaves. <laughs> his, his, he couldn't be on the air. Oh, like they a had caller. a fit. And, like, we were just goofing. It wasn't like, hey, everybody, oh, and I are coming back and destroy and CBS. There was none of that. As a matter of fact, CBS even ended up rehiring those guys. But they fucking pulled the plug. Yeah. Man, and what f- assholes. And fairly quickly into the broadcast. I don't know if that was true. I think we, because Ant always arrives, you know, fashionably late. Um, and it wasn't like it was a booked thing. He came in, so I called him over, and we started talking. And at the time, you don't know because you're only hearing in the room. I didn't know that they'd yanked us out. So like five or ten minutes into this, I get a fucking thing that says you're off the air, and I just fucking kept on talking anyway. Just did it for the people in the room. Ah. And then also, maybe you throw in a big orange ball of failure night, too, from the Hard Rock Live. Not that I need all the Hard Rock Live stuff, but yeah, the big orange ball of failure. Live, was, isn't it? No, we should, the big orange ball of failure was a real good, good era with Billy. Um, all right. All right, Johnny. Later, boys. Peace. Um, here's uh, Lewis. Lewis. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, before I go into my request, um, since you were mentioning Anthony, are you going to play the uh, Rucker Hauer interview? That was hilarious. 
Man, we haven't played that in years, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. We we gotta see if we can find it. Yeah, you gotta play. I was in tears that night. But uh, we what were, I really want to we hear crazy in those days <laughs> is the N.E.W. the overnight stuff with uh, Crazy Mary, Useless Betty, Hannah Han, all that stuff. That's I, I got news for you. I just heard this the other day. Useless Betty has a TV show. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's on. I think Oxygen, the Oxygen thing. Um, Network, Gurian was telling me. Is she still going by Useless Betty? She never went by Useless <laughs> Betty, except for when she was oh. with us. And um, what's the name of that show there? This it's is- some kind of like Ladies of the Night stand-up or standing up ladies. or I'll find it. Uh, Jason, Jason. Hey, guys. I want to wish everybody the best of luck, especially you, Fezzy. Thank you. I'd like to hear some uh, K-Rock live reads and the big-ass night of fights. Um, the K-Rock live reads, I remember what, there was one where I was basically acting like if they didn't buy, uh, blame the buy the product, I was going to go Manson on them, and we started <laughs> playing Helter Skelter. <laughs> that was funny shit. Is it Living with Funny? Is that the show on Oxygen? Yeah, I think that's it. What's uh, what's all the girls' names on the show? I'll find the cast. <sighs> Maybe not. They don't have a li- they don't have the list of the cast. Sure, they don't ever have cast members. Well, not the names place. for a show. Um, hey, Andrew. Oops, take your thumb off of Andrew on eight. Uh, Andrew. Hey, uh, first of all, I want to go on record saying I think this is a work, but if it's not, I wish you guys the best of luck. And we wish you the best of luck, too. Chris in Colorado. Hey, uh, this inception shit's fantastic. Thank you, guys. Uh, yes. I just wanted to thank Fez for teaching me how uh, letting ideas come into your head is dangerous. You know, he took this toenail bit, he started collecting toenails and fingernails and i keep them around in my pocket my wife cleans around my my stash and i i, I found that I, they're really useful for cleaning out the my little food pocket around my crown and it, it's crazy like you gotta be careful what ideas come in your head you can fucking just run with them you ought to be careful what comes in your mouth. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's uh, Bobby the Champ. Hey, guys. Uh, I just want to say that uh, you guys have provided so much entertainment, and what the listeners really don't know is um, anybody who has been there, interns or people associated with the show, you guys always welcome back with open arms, and you're always just great to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, even hanging out, hanging out with Chris. Chris is a really great guy. Uh, but I just wanted to request one one bit. I remember I was actually at the gym working out at the time, and Fez was trying to relocate all the deer to one state, and I literally couldn't work out because I kept having to drop the weights because it was so ridiculously funny. The problem with it is that wasn't meant to be funny. He was serious about it. <laughs> he was so adamant about moving them, and that's what made it so funny. He was so serious. That was... Um... One of those times when the real mental illness was showing through. Um, thanks, Bobby. You're the best, pal. Did you find it? Yeah, I have it. All right, so this is this is the cast. What's the name of the show for us? Living with Funny. 
Is it living in? with funny? Uh, and it should be uh, oh. Scout Durwood, Kalise Hawkins. Yeah. That's her, I think. Kalise, yeah, there she is. Look at her hair now. That's useless, Betty. She looks fantastic. She, I thought she always uh, looked uh, fantastic. What's the name of the show? Living with Funny. And then it's also uh, and another show called Funny Girls. They're they're two shows I think with the same cast. Like it's Funny Girls and Living with Funny is a companion show. So Living with Funny is like they all have to have an apartment together. Something like that, yeah. And then Funny Girls is the show. It's like the Kardashians are having a new show about people who work for them. That's the show. Wait, people what? who work for the Kardashians. The Kardashian assistants or whatever? Yeah, it's like whoever works in their beauty line. That's bizarre. And there's also another show on those channels where it just follows a bunch of women on a work at a restaurant. And I had no idea why anyone would. It's just a fucking restaurant. Funny waitresses? I don't know. They seem pretty catty. I didn't see anything too funny. They seem very angry with each other all the time and drinking. Which I guess makes for a reality TV show. I'm trying to pitch a show right now called Blow Me, where you go around the world. <laughs> you try to get girls to blow you. It's a docu-series, I guess, more than a reality show. Oh, nice. Fez, what's something that you want to play during the best ofs? Um, I would like to, I would like to play some of like the early nature boys, uh, fezzatorials. Well, you love yourself. Huh? Yes, that would be fun. Boy, the highlights uh, of this is Fez. <laughs> well, we will do that, Fez. We'll, we'll shine. Um, here's, um. Here's Tim. Tim, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ron. Long-time listener, big fan. Uh, really sad to hear that Fez is retiring. And obviously my question to you is um, I wanted to see if you guys had any plans on posting some of your early shows, uh, maybe somewhere on a serious channel, maybe a Raw Dog, so that you know we can listen to you guys from you know the early days. Yeah, there. Uh, I honestly just had this... Um, I got this pitch to me yesterday from the VPs here. They want to call it a decade of deterioration. And it's just the show getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> oh, man. Well, definitely love you guys. And uh, thank you for um, for everything you guys do. I started listening to you guys when I was 17. And I'm 28 years old now. So When I was you 17... Know, it man. was a very good year. <laughs> Thanks, man. And uh, also, uh, fuck Shelby. Mm, sure. Do you got any big plans for the goodbye show tomorrow, Chris? Well, I don't want to cry again. That's one thing I want, I want to keep inside. People would love it if you did. <laughs> so many requests right now. I know I want to keep it together. How about you, Fez? Anything you want? Um, Any way to sum up this decades-long partnership? There's no way to sum it up, and I will be bawling tomorrow. Fucking? No, <laughs> crying. Oh. Fez. Oh, God, this is the headline. 
Fez Watley announces his retirement from radio and to run a Fez show. Well, that's brutal to see it in print. Well, I don't know. I'd call that print. It's the internet. Digital image. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess you will be seeing a lot of fucking print when you get back to Florida. Remember, you get the paper free if it rains. Oh, wow. There used to be a thing... Uh, it was the Evening Independent, the afternoon newspaper, that if there was no sunshine that day, they'd give you the paper for free. How often did that happen? Five, six times a year. Oh, man, those days have been fucking, everyone's been loving it. Yeah, because everyone cares about a fucking 15 percent fucking newspaper. Looks like we saved some pennies today. Yeah, because people go to Florida just to have rain. <laughs> and newspapers. When I was 21, it was a very good year. We did the Rod and Rod show, <laughs> and Fez dressed up like a black woman. He talked in 70s jive. He did used to do that. Hey, baby! <laughs> What your ass doing? All this stuff now that offends him. <laughs> God, this is going to be weird. Haas wants to play Fez mad at him over the Bruce Valanche incident. Well, I'll write that one down, but I don't know if we're going to use it. May not get to it. Um, do you want us to share the Interbang Fez posts on the SiriusXM Twitter and Facebook pages? Well, that would be fantastic. I'll just say yes. Uh, this... Roving producers should have taken care of that. Corporate Chris Wat Corporate Chris. I must call you Corpus Chris Watley. That could be a funny thing that I do is just call some other guy Fez Watley. There's nothing Fez could possibly do about it. He's retired. During your retirement, have you also given up listening to the radio? Yeah. You'll never I- listen to your old buddy Ron again. That that feels like it would be way too tough. Wow. Wow. Um, here's uh, Greg. Greg. Uh, hey, Ron and Fez. Um, hey. Been listening for 15 years. First time I've ever called. I'm really going to miss you guys. Um, boy, uh, maybe if you could do, like, tomorrow one last comedy pyramid or unscreened callers i think that would take too much time good old times um cj hey ron yeah a couple things i remember uh fez probably about four years ago uh he you had him instead of being fed he would be a different personality every day i think and he had like a, a sports caster guy named frank like frank tankerton and then he had a 
uh, a film critic. The next day, he was like a stack, like a, a, a gay film critic. And then there was a fashion guy, and you, and all of a sudden they started to all cross over. He got confused who they were, and he just would blow up. But it'd be like you were trying to get him to do something, so he would pretend to be somebody else. And uh, I thought that was just a, a blast because they started all kind of cross over together and be the same person. And uh, I just remember that was that was pretty funny. Like his effort was was great. You know, yes. by Wednesday or Thursday, they all yeah, they all started great. Sort of about the D man, and then they had the consistency of down and to the right. Uh, we will break. Be right back. Run and Fez show. Run and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel ninety nine. <laughs> Fez show 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ Hey, Hunter in Maine. Hey, what's going on, boys? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I kind of had a second thought. My question was kind of stupid. So I just want to say, uh, Fez, you're the man, and uh, your energy and uh, sense of humor was definitely the reason uh, I stayed tuning in from the first time I heard you guys. You guys rock. Well, uh, we'll miss you, buddy. Thank you. That was a dull call. Not what you were put up for that you panicked out of. Hey, I just want to say thank you for everything over the years. It should be great. Thank you. He had a very funny premise, and he fucking pussed out on it. You blew it, dude. You blow it, Manny. Uh, Brian in Orlando. Hey, Ronnie. What's going on, man? Hey. Hey, how about bringing back, like, Flipper and uh, Diaz to have them give them, like, uh, memories about working with Fez and stuff? How about that? Yes, that will do. We'll fly everybody in within eight hours. Yeah, just have them call, man. Yeah. No good, huh? Uh, no. It's not, the guy's not dying. He's chose to quit. It's a big difference. It's a big difference between, oh, I've chosen to come on and do this, to I just quit. Giant difference. Um, here's Bill and Rockland. Hey, what's up, cousins? Sorry to hear it, man. Sad, sad day. Hello? 
Yeah, we're right here. I have a, sorry, I have a request, man. I remember a couple, maybe within two years back, you guys were reminiscing about the Floridas, Ronnie, and you were talking about callers that would call in and request Freebird. Just, I could never do the bit, uh, you know, any justice like you did, but just something about like a guy on his motorcycle is like, I have my little girl with the two, so I <laughs> crashed it. Can you play me some Freebird? It was fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss the hell out of both of you. Fez, keep it up. Uh, upper lip, man. Right now, it's a very hairy upper lip. So, I, I will try. Take a, take a live read for yourself, Fez. Um, the South Beach Comedy Festival coming up. It is the, uh, Sirius XM Comedy Showcases. Those are happening Friday and Saturday night, April 10th and 11th. Those shows will be then, and they are absolutely free at the Gleason Room backstage at the Fillmore. You can go to SouthBeachComedyFestival.com to see about all the details there. It's the first ever Sirius XM Comedy Showcases happening April 10th and 11th at the South Beach Comedy Festival. Oh, that'll be missed. Always had that thing. Always had that live read. That was all I had on. It's good though. Um, Tommy, Tommy, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, yeah. I'd like to know uh, what Fez is going to do about all those dinners he owes you guys. He'll take them to Florida with him. Hmm. Seafood. Yeah, probably not enough time to work them all in in the next 24 hours. Or the last five years, huh? No, didn't get to them. Big Chris Stanley, you know what's next for you? Don't know. Part of the corporate world is what I've been, you know, looking around at, trying to integrate me into that. What about Shelby? Did he talk to you yesterday? Shelby uh, did not say one single word to me yesterday. You, Fez? No, nothing. Not a word. It's funny how many times I've tried to tell him, at least get in with Chris. This, that was Him not talking to me was one of the stra- strangest things that's, I've ever, that's ever had happen. For someone who's a producer for the show, that announcement happens. Yeah. And either way, he's under you. You know what I mean? No matter what goes on next, like... Even if I don't stay, he would need you to help him get placed somewhere. And as many times as I said, reach out to Chris. How many times has he done it? Zero. I've been calling him since Christmas vacation and say, please reach out to Chris. If he would, if he did, I'd tell you, but he hasn't, which is fucking bizarre. I don't know why he doesn't, he doesn't talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I should have did that. Yeah. That won't happen again. Here's uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. 
Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. That's uh, that's tough to follow right there. Uh, Good luck to Fez on your retirement. Wish all all the best for you. Uh, On your best of, you got to do Earl's grandmother. That's got to be a a top five. Uh, For Dave, it's probably the highlight of his life. But uh, that'd be great. If you you went by this, most of the farewell stuff is going to be Dave's stuff. So far, the only people asking for (laughs) Fezatoros and Ric Flair's are Fez. That was top of his list. Yeah. But from the early days. Yeah. Don't do it since any of you guys heard. <laughs> I had a request for an odd one. You crying again? I, I actually, if you could burn digital tape or audio or whatever, files, I would. There was a time when Fez was on Xanax and you guys both did the Nature, Bro- the Nature Brothers. You did the Nature Boy together, which was a... Well, that was just sloppy, though. <laughs> it was very funny. It was very, very funny. Yeah, but you got to go. A lot of the raw dog audiences never heard him do the Nature Boy. So now that is like a broken down version of the Nature Boy. Uh, it was crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, but only if you know the Nature Boy. Um, Dave, go ahead. Hey, Ron. Said. Uh- I was wondering about the radio shark. I mean, did he really bother you, or was what was going on with that? That was one of Fez's many, many characters. It <laughs> never was real. Uh, uh, that's it. Love, Iris. Uh, thank you. Chuck, in North Carolina. Hey, Ronnie, how y'all doing, man? I, hey, I'm Chuck. Really, I'm really going to miss Fez, man. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do when 12 o'clock comes around, and he ain't around, but... I've laughed at him through the years about that bus driver busting my tool, and I've laughed with Fez, and I've just about cried with him. But there's one thing I'd like for him to say before he leaves. I'd like to hear him say, fuck you, asshole, one more time. You want me to say it to you, Chuck? Yeah, I just want to hear you say, fuck you, asshole, one more time. Fuck you, asshole. God damn, that's good. Good luck to you, Fez. Enjoy. I would like, I would like to, you to get you to call in and tell Ronnie or call somebody. I'd like to know about your first gay experience, if you ever have one. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. That's full of them, if you ever want to take a vacation there. Or maybe you can get on Tinder. Have you ever thought of that? Good luck to you, Fez. Thank you, man. Daddy Hunt. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's the Ron and Fez show. I want to get some of those um, great Fez moments on this, Chris. Um, like when he did the Bill Murray speech in Stripes. Write that one down. Okay. Or uh, his old character, uh, Haffy. Where he used to come in and he couldn't find the bottom part of his body. Oh, sure, yeah. Happy yeah. was awesome. Or uh, find the last time that he had on a, another shirt besides this one. Oh, that's going back a ways. Yeah. So we're going pre-gay shirt, fans. What did you just do when you said, I was going back a ways? <laughs> that is going back a ways? Yeah. Leo was trying to see the word that's. Missed out the second T. I was going back a ways. Uh, what else is up on the iBank today? Hey, Fez, don't forget, you're going to be doing this later, too. 
And you got another yeah. one too besides today? Yeah, there's another. There's another. There's uh, another one coming. Yeah, there's another one coming. Um. By the way, Rosie O'Donnell's in the lobby. That's the one that got away for you, huh, Fez? Yeah. You've always been kind to her. Uh, has never uh, jumped back to it. Up on the iBank today is the Australian woman who flashed her titties on Google Street Views. Let me see this. Here she is. She's the best. <laughs> I love it. This broad must be should be the most popular person in her neighborhood. If she realized that, oh my God, there's a Google car, time to get some fame for myself. Fame. I'm going to live forever. She's great, man. Yeah. There's always like some girl in your fucking gang who has her tits out the whole time. Like, what's the big deal? The tits. Yeah, there isn't a big deal. Keep them out. The Tom Cruise cocktail bit is one of the funniest if not the funniest thing I've seen in a while. It goes on a little long, but when it fucking starts out, it looks so real to me. That Tom Cruise, th- it's mind-blowing. That guy was the guy that did it incredibly well done. He, this, this, that the, the movie should be made. They should just put it out with them. Fez, we got a half hour before our special guest get here. You want to take the stick? Um, no, I'd rather not. You don't even want to try it here before you. Put away the mic and turn off the radio forever? No. Why not? I, I No. I'd be nervous about it. Why? What's left to be nervous about? I still wouldn't know what to say. Come on, Fezzy. Uh, no, thank you. I wouldn't be able to. I'd love to hear it. Chris, before he puts that mic away... And turns off the radio forever. Yeah. You don't want to hear Fez take the stick? I'd love to hear him take the stick. One last time. Yeah. I think I'm coming down with something. Wouldn't that be fucking hysterical if I was too sick to do his last show? (laughs) Nothing, by the way, would make Fez happier than if we called in sick and (laughs) did a fucking best of. One of my big Fez memories is how quick he would say, hey, I'll call Wiki and we'll just put in a best of. Look, it get put together real quick. No matter what came up, I'll get Chris on it. I'm sure he's got a best stuff ready to go. <laughs> I did sometimes. I mean, just, you know, in case. Sometimes I didn't. I would fucking love that, Fezzy. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. Here's Kyle. Kyle in Boston. Hey, buddy. Hell of a run. Hell of a run. But uh, one of my favorite Fez bits ever was that. Uh, the time he got a bug stuck in his eye, and then you had to pick the pieces of it out. You got oh, that was back at NEW. Yeah, he had some kind of disgusting... It looked like a fruit fly or something, and all the little pieces, and I had to pick it out of his eye. How'd you do it with, it, with your fingers? I can't remember how we did it all. I might have just done it with a sharp pencil. That's good. Fez, what I worry about is that you are going to retire without overcoming your fear. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. What? That's oh, so, so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's the American spirit. 
Um, Chris, what do you see in Fez doing in his retirement? Do you ever see him working again? I can't imagine Fez working again. To be totally honest, I'm being really honest. I don't know. Says you always said that you wanted to go back and be a school teacher. Any chance of that happening? No, I don't think that's going to happen. Because um, yeah, you got to stick as a school teacher. Yeah, right? because yeah, because of the ner- the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think a classroom of kids would be a really tough audience to begin with. So I yeah, I don't see that happening. And then also, I think if any sort of school system that just Googled me. And saw things online. I probably would not be allowed in a classroom. Most of those teachers fuck kids. You'd be fine every single day. There's another yeah. chick banging a kid. As soon as they find out you're a virgin, I think you're in. <laughs> Yesterday there were two, two different women in two different states were banging kids. Uh, call the interns in. I wanted them to give Fez a goodbye. Antony and MK, come to the studio, please. It's Antony and MK. Antony and MK. Yeah, I thought earlier somebody told me it was V. No, V's tomorrow. V's in tomorrow. Who's not here tomorrow? Which one of you guys? Okay. Okay. This is going to be... By the way, this means both you guys do not get a grade for your... I'm too upset to think about a grade right now. Too upset. It's been a rough time for you. Yeah. You guys were such bad interns that the host quit. Yeah, I have to write a paper about this too. Like, in, do you? for my class, like everything that I did in my internship, and I'm, I guess I'll just end it. Like, I made the show end. Yeah, I guess it's funny because my See? mom, my mom called me yesterday. Yeah, and she, she's like, "He's where is he really going? Is what's he doing?" I go, "I'm next to, I'm sitting next to you. I don't know if this is a work or not, but it's, it's." This is tough. This is a tough to swallow, Fez. Is it weird for you guys that this is all you'd want in life is to move from that four feet over to where he is and see that he wants to step down and not do it? Yeah. Is that strange? It's it's, it's weird, but I mean, I'm witnessing it right now. Yeah. It's a big chair to fill. Yeah. It's a big chair to fill over there. Well, you'll be eating more as the time goes by. And it's a sedentary <laughs> life as well. But isn't it strange, though, to know there's everything that you want. It's what you're going to school for. And he's saying, this thing that you want, I don't want it. Well, can we have it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter good. to him. <laughs> can we have it? literally wouldn't matter to him. If I said to either of you guys, would you take the stick and leave the show for a half hour, would you do it? Yeah, I would do you it. go for it? Yeah, I would jump at it, definitely. It's so Absolutely. strange, the differences in life. What are you writing down over there, Chris? Something for our special guest. What is it? Plug information oh. that I just received. <laughs> we have a very famous special guest coming in. And they need a change to the plug, so I'm on that. You're really good at this Co- stuff. The corporation. Does it seem weird to you that there's a job that you don't want and someone's doing it? (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of variety here. Yeah, it is. Um, Mike. Mike. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, buddy? Hey. Ronnie, I'm a stockholder in the corporation. Serious. Bought a thousand shares. And now you tell me they're putting Chris Stanley in as an executive? 
I think he's going to be uh, single-handedly in, in, involved with the stock. I'm very frightened, Ron. Very frightened. The boy can't even speak. I can speak very well, sir. Okay, and I am will I will be part of the stock program. At least that's you one of the places. Will what? Am what? Will who? Huh? Come on, Chris. Get out of sentence, buddy. I just put out many sentences, and I don't appreciate you attacking my corporate culture. It's a work, bro. This proves it. Chris Stanley, executive. No way. <laughs> uh, Jim in New Jersey. Hey, Ron and Fez. First time, long time. Yeah. Hey, um, I've been listening for a while. I had to call in just in case this wasn't a work. Is, uh, for old time's sake, will Fez ever do Al Duke's Flooring Podcast? No. That's one of my goals in radio is to not do that podcast, and I hope to achieve it by tomorrow. By tomorrow? We need more Fez content. What are you gonna, what are you gonna be doing afterwards? We have segments or an Al Duke's, uh, podcast? No, I just told you I'm not doing the Al Duke's <laughs> podcast. So what's the job gonna be, Fez? You're not going to stay on that couch forever, are you? Um, I have no idea. I haven't even started thinking about thinking of something to do. Cop? Couldn't you see Fez as a cop down there in some <laughs> retirement community? <laughs> Just pulling over golf carts. Waterman? Just going out, clamming, oysters. I say fireman because you won't have to handle a gun. Yeah, but you got to handle fires. Yeah, but Fez is very anti-gun. That's what I'm saying. Going what about fireman. a security officer for like a mall, strip mall, whatever they have? Yeah. I was going to go with grocery store clerk. They're all good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't decided anything yet. Not even close to that. Hmm. There's got to be a fantasy in the back of your head, though. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go work in a comic book store or something. Turn into a Kevin Smith, but without all the movies and directing and fame. <laughs> Comics uh, book guy, huh? Although they'd probably make me have to, I would probably have to handle Marvel titles as well, and I'd know nothing. Not necessarily, unless it's a DC store. I'm really, who needs to fucking really ask the clerk what you need for anything? <laughs> Excuse me, could you show me some pictures that might be interesting? Uh, Chris, who's the guy who did his own comic book uh, that wrote to me yesterday and I forwarded to you? Ah, uh, yes, that was, uh, I believe that was, not, it was Joe. Joe, the, for the Wyatt Earp comic book. The Wyatt Earp comic book, but it's Wyatt Earp the latter years. Yeah, the further travels of Wyatt Earp. So the Earp, uh, Earp, <laughs> Wyatt Earp. I don't hey, know why. <laughs> I just had a great idea, Fez. The special guest is going to be here, mm -hmm. but the special guest has already brought a group of writers with them. Uh huh. Why don't you take the stick for that? Just lead the interview. Oh no, I'd rather not. But it'll just be like an easy thing because it won't be a one-on-one. -on -one. I I still would freeze up and not know what to ask. I would love to see you do it, dude. I wouldn't be able to, and I just end up, up very nervous. There's going to be like four or five people, though. It'll be easy. It won't be like it's going to be that weird one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, 
and this will be the last guest of your career. We're not taking any guests tomorrow. This could actually be a little site called Fez Watley Interviews. What do you say? We just one interview on it. Yeah. No, nah, I'd, I'd honestly rather not. Big cat. I wouldn't be able to. How can you I'm, not? I'm nervous just thinking about it. In all these years of doing radio, you don't want to do one interview. No, I would keep the rep- record perfect, I guess. Has there ever been a movie where that last time that somebody gets something to do something and they go, no, I'd rather not? No, people probably wouldn't want to watch that movie. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't. Big cat, big cat, big cat. There's four of us sitting here just starting to, ask to talk to us about some things. Now I can't. Uh, just thinking about just that, I can't. I can't think of anything to say at all right now. Let's go. I can't think of anything. Just be like this, Chris. I understand you take a lot of drugs and alcohol. Aren't you worried about ODing? No, not at all. Actually, I feel like I have a good handle on it, so that I. Know exactly how much I need. <laughs> you know who else had a good handle? Jim Arson. Oh, he's very dead. Good counterpoint. It'll be pint counterpoint with Chris Stanley. <laughs> I'll have both. Oh, 17. <laughs> it was a very good year. Um, Fez, why don't you go for it? Last guest. Gorilla Bob says, with all his anxiety, Fez could become a pilot for a German airline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some guy with 15 followers says, uh, so it was BS that Fez said that he would try acting once he's finished radio. He's forgotten what it he said, I guess. Here's the deal with that. Um, Fez has been offered a movie. A role in a movie. It's like a dream. Mm. What do you think, Fez? No, I'm definitely not doing that movie. (laughs) That Jason Nash movie. Too bad. Um, Clint. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, Fez. Uh, my grandma lives down in uh, Sun City, Florida, or Sun City Center down in, in Kings Point. I think you'd like it there to go you know, there and look at some of those retirement homes. And uh, I was also going to see Ron. For old time's sake, can you throw a thing of pencils at Fez, please? Sure. There he is. Ow! That's easy enough. <laughs> You even finish the sentence and you throw it. (laughs) Jim in Pennsylvania. Hey, we need some Andre the Giant on the best of phone calls. And also some advice for Fez. Take both your sweaty hands, grab onto Ronnie's stick, 
and finish this shit strong. Let's do it, dude. Just do the fucking interview, and I won't actually do anything tomorrow. I I just want you to host a little bit. I can't do Co-host. it. I'm sorry. You can do it, dude. I'm swearing to you. You can do it. I can't even think of what a first question would be right now. Hey, how are you guys nervous. doing? They're all buddies together. Mm-hmm. They're all comedy writers, so you could be like, hey, who's the funny guy? <laughs> Come on, Fez. I can't. I would like to, but I can't. Come on, dude. There's no cunt and can't. Well, just a U and an A switch out. <laughs> Last time ever. Have fun with it. God, that's depressing. Have fun. That word's depressing. Last time ever. Last time. You know, there's so many times in life that we don't get to remember our last time of doing it. Like, what was your last time of getting on a swing and really enjoying it, you know? When's the last time that you took your bike out, not for exercise, but to get together with your buddies and ride around? This will be a last time. The Fez will be able to look back and remember. Now, here's the thing. The last time you took the bike out, do you have wanted to go down Suicide Hill? Or were you glad that you said, you guys go down. I've decided I'm not going to take it. It's too steep. I'll just be up here. Yeah. I don't, I'll take my time getting down to where the Oakerson's house is. <laughs> what do you say, Fez? I, I'm not able to. I can't think of anything. You don't have to think of it. They're not even here. None of us have thought of anything. It hasn't happened yet. I think it's only 20 minutes, right? Yeah. 20 minutes. A little slice. It would mean the world to me if you did this. I'll try it. All right. Oh, oh wow. Big cat. Big cat. Big cat. Big cat, 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 big Oh, no, the big cat's on the prowl, is what I was all <laughs> say to them. I'm loving it, Fez. I'm loving it. <laughs> Southland, Connecticut. Hey, Don and Fez, man. I'm bummed you guys are leaving. I've only been a listener for like a year, and uh, it's been a hard year, but you guys helped me through it. But, uh, Fez, I got a question for you. You ever consider teaching, like, broadcasting down in Florida? No, I've ruled out teaching. Yeah, that'd be good for you, though, man. You got 30 years, got a lot of experience. First thing you're going to want to do is show prep. If you're not on show prep, you're not ready to do a show. Next thing, live reads. (laughs) Fezzy, 
This is gonna be one for all fucking time, dude. The BC. Fez Watley interviews. FWI. I'm gonna love it. Um This is Charlie. Ronnie B. Yeah. Um Tara Bearcat on uh, Twitter made a good point. How is Fez gonna replace ten million dollars a year in medical insurance? Uh my plan is not to get sick again. I love that plan. No more sickness. It's radio that got me sick. It's Papa make me sick. I didn't think my son, when he was little, he was getting a virus, uh, but it was like while he was at his bottle, and then he yelled, this Papa makes me sick, and throws it out of my fucking convertible at the car next, and he never picked up a bottle again. That was it for him. Because he was like, oh, I don't want the fucking flu, dude. <laughs> Give me a nice sippy cup. Straight cups from there on Yeah. <laughs> cup of milk, please. <laughs> so it was beauty that killed the beast. And so it was radio that made Fez sick. I'll tell you one thing, Fez. Better clean up those guests before those pens before your guests get here. It's a mess over here. That could be the first thing you tell them. Anyone uh, need a pen? Uh, Bob, uh, grill Bob writes uh, White Earp the the latter years. Wyatt cleans gutters. Wyatt washes windows. Wyatt paints the trim. No good. <laughs> Jaybird loves your giggle. Likes your little laugh. I'm just trying to think. It's after Tombstone? Um, <laughs> Jerry Barker just writes, If all this is true, big thanks to the Ron and Fez show. SXM. We'll miss the buddies. Maybe I'll do something next. Well, I'm going to do something next, but maybe I'll do something here next. I know I never heard from Gil, which was surprising. Weird. But I'm sure Gil hasn't listened to his own station. I have heard from Don. You know what Don said to me? What's that? Let's talk, okay? Let's talk turkey. (laughs) And then he called me Bubba. Give your, like, we're just the guests that are going to be in here. Mm-hmm. Give us a quick one and see how it goes. How's everybody today? Fantastic. So, it's uh, Jack and Triumph show. On- Why are we giving it away? That's oh, no. big fucking surprise. <laughs> see, I knew I would fuck it up. I knew <laughs> I would fuck it up immediately. No, oh, I'm just saying for us, I, this isn't the real thing. <laughs> They've all signed in? All of them. Exciting. All of Don't them. bring up the name of their show. What show? <laughs> All of them are signed in. Anyway, now that we've given that away, um, <laughs> Jeffrey wants to be the one who says it. <laughs> he actually said to Hicks, can I introduce Robert Smigel? 
as my guest, but Robert Smigel is about the most brilliant fucking guy out there. Robert Smigel is the man. This is so exciting. What uh, what would you say other than Triumph? He's best known for uh, TV Funhouse. He was the mastermind TV behind that. Funhouse, TV, TV Funhouse, a uh, bunch of the Conan stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, all over Conan. Been yeah. a writer on Siren Life for that, so long. Yeah. Just I, I love Robert Smigel. What are you going to say, Tom Fess? I have no idea now because I just fucked up the second question. What was the second question? I shouldn't have said what I said. He's not even here yet. All right, we got to get these yahoos out of here. Get out, yeah. kids. Well, should, thank yeah, you, Fez, for... Oh, we want to go to break? Yeah, we should go to break. For we everything. have them all in here when they get back? Yeah. All right, let's do it that way. We'll be right back with Fez's favorite guest. It's the Ron Fez Show. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy Hit. Channel 99. That's Jeffrey Gurian's Jump Around theme song. Jeffrey, what's up? What's up with you? Everything's cool. I got a great guest today. As usual. Uh, you know how I do that thing where I make you guess mm-hmm. as if you're not seeing who it is? I will tell you okay. this. The room yeah. smells fabulous right now. Yeah. Like lunch meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good My hint. guest today... That is a hint. If I ever that is a hint. Yeah, my guest today is, is the, he's the force behind Night of Too Many Stars. Mm-hmm. He's the father of one of the most well-loved puppets in show business history. Beloved is the beloved, word you're looking for, yeah. Beloved, right. He's the creator. Well-liked. Beloved. Right, the the creator of a new television show that is doing great, going into its second season, the Jack and Triumph show, the co-creator, <laughs> and it's Robert Smigel. Nice to see you, Robert, Robert Smigel. And you've brought the entire... Yeah. Well, you know, it's jump around. I didn't want (laughs) to... you got to live up to the jump around legacy, you know, when you hear that music. Right. When you hear that music... That can only only mean one thing. (laughs) Time travel. Time travel. (laughs) Jeffrey Gurian snuck into the building. (laughs) And and you've got the entire writing staff here having lunch. Sadly, it is the entire lunch. (laughs) It's not supposed to be, but we have budget issues, and some of the writers are in Los Angeles. Angeles don't really want to come back. <laughs> it's really dirty laundry that shouldn't be part of this. Now, this, uh, b- by the way, you put together the writing stuff? Michael that, and I. Yeah. This is Michael Coleman. Yeah. To my next. Michael. No, and Michael, I believe, has the really fantastic smelling lunch. Oh, uh, you know, it's a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's prepackaged, so I didn't. Uh, mm. I just found, I found out when you did. <laughs> you didn't know what you were going to get, so you guys put the staff together. The staff together, yeah. Uh, and David Feldman, great comedian, is uh, a co-creator of the show. Came up with some of the key ideas behind the show, and um, but Michael is somebody I've written with for. A bunch of years at, at the Conan show, and uh, Michael Michael co-created Nathan for you, which mm. is a brilliant show on Comedy Central. 
Was that mm-hmm. you recognize? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was, like, I was mm. it's a little polite. No, you know what? Though, it, it reminded me of like one of those Comedy Central shows when something would just pop up, yeah. like in the bubble. Like, oh yeah, we were all into that for a while. Yeah, you know, well, the seasons oh. were really yeah. short. They were only eight episodes. Yeah, so that's what happens with everything now, though, right? You guys, uh, it's like the episode. Episodic stuff has gotten very short. Mm-hmm. On cable, you know? yeah. On cable, yeah. But it's still the same on network. Yeah, on network, it's still like twenty shows a year. But uh, well, actually, they cut down Some for those shows that are like the Fabergé egg kind of prestige shows. Yeah, they only have on to get Emmys and not ratings. They they started to do like thirteen episode orders of those. Yeah. Just uh, to save money, but still say they have the show <laughs> on their network. <laughs> but we. We chose Adult Swim because they gave us 20 shows guaranteed. It was like an unheard of, mm-hmm. it, it was like a preemptively superior offer. So it looks like we got picked up, but we're actually still filling our contraction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's nice of you to call it the second season. Uh, yeah. And the, the, and <laughs> it's also great about Adult Swim is they do go for the strangest edge that they could possibly the go strangest for. edge they what? do it is a very strange uh, collection of shows over there our show would probably be the craziest show on any other network right. but you know chris <laughs> elliott is still you know chris elliott can still pitch something to adult swim well, and that's, go, and michael worked on that show too he yeah. created eagle heart it's so it's amazing to me yeah um because to me, Elliot, everything that, you know, we're looking at the the end of uh, Letterman's run, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To me, Chris Elliot, I don't know how people don't, you know, bring this up, but it's almost like he's the inventor of all this strange comedy that came after him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, when I was in uh, college, there was a VHS that would get passed around of uh, Chris's uh, Letterman bit. He did an FDR special, yeah. a one-man show yeah. that was like a landmark. Yeah, yeah he did FDR and yeah. this thing called Action Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then there was just this bootleg tape of his, uh, just a, you know, I don't know how, how many years he did Letterman, but I think it was... Like eight, probably. Yeah. Uh, but you just, I, you people would just sit and watch three hours of. Well, everything TV. that he did was always the bravest thing that had been on TV up to that point. <laughs> I don't know if anyone who ever did TV before that thought, "I'm going to make this so weirdly uncomfortable <laughs> for the host and the guest." Well, Andy I, Kaufman. Yeah, but now there's an entire <laughs> generation of kids who think, "All right, that's, that's the what star- comedy yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. the start. Yeah, it's yeah. all about awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Jokes yeah. are considered." Yeah. For Boaten. Yeah, what? even even a before the yeah. yeah. Even before the Letterman show, everybody tried to act like their show was bigger than it was. Like every variety show would have spotlights. And Letterman was the first one who's like, I really don't think this is gar yeah, I think it's garbage. You know what I mean? Like starting from that point. Yeah. Um and well, I think know, one, it was so huge for that. Great about those old shows. Uh I was watching reruns of uh, well like years ago on cable, they were showing the eighty two season. Mm-hmm. And it was really quiet. You know, the audience yes. didn't really know. Uh, and it was really kind of amazing because you find it funny at home. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, I couldn't tell like, if you watched those originally. We were, like, when that was new, did it feel like the show's going well? Or did it, did it feel kind of like. To me, sure I remember it was like this? one of those shows of like, I need this show. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everything else that happened all day, I'll make it to this yeah. show and feel like, okay. Uh, but 
you know, one of the reasons why it was never big, like, that studio was always so weird. It's far away, and the audience is above you. And then he would bring out, like, Fran Leibowitz, who the audience is like, I, you know, I know, and she would be killing, but the, right. the audience didn't, they're like, this is not a regular show. I think audiences were less hyped up in those yeah. days. Anyway, particularly the New you know, York side, L.A. would get the yow, ow, they yeah, would do that. I, but you know what was the first show where I noticed that was um, what was the Fridays? Fridays is a really good call. That? Yeah, because it was like Saturday Night Live had a pretty raucous audience, but yeah. Fridays was suddenly like Jerry Springer version right. of comedy. It was almost like it was the wet t-shirt contest at a pool bar down in Miami. Yeah, they were just clearly just, coached to be... And then ever since then, it's like the audience feels like its role is to be part of the show. Yeah, to be going crazy. Yeah. And now they actually hire you know, oh, yeah. kids. Well, Letterman, by things. the time Letterman was at CBS, it was the same thing. Yeah, right. Just, you know, the audience going nuts from the beginning. That one hour difference, right, for late night is the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, although even Letterman, like, by the time he was winding down at NBC, his mm. audience was way more raucous. Yeah. You know, the, those those first four or five years were incredible in 82, 86, that era, because he was really just doing whatever he wanted to do, and he didn't care, and... But it was working. It yeah, was working. it was working and, you know, changed everything. If you like anything, it's always more fun to enjoy it before it's embraced. Right. Which brings us to our show. <laughs> <laughs> True fans are going to get to enjoy it yeah. for years to come. <laughs> the season finale of the Jack and Triumph show, that's this Friday, 1130 Eastern on Adult Swim. AdultSwim.com for more information on that. Thank you, Fez. <laughs> You're welcome, Robert. No, that was Triumph. He was doing Triumph. <laughs> um, the, uh, where did Triumph pop first? Was that with Conan? or Yes. That was the first place. 1997. Um, I had um, been to a uh, furniture store on the east side <laughs> looking for uh, charming country furniture that um, cost more than it should. And me and my wife uh, were at this whimsical store called Mabel's, and there were there was a rack of of uh, puppets, like incredibly realistic looking animals, all <laughs> rubber headed with detail that just cracked me up. It just made me laugh so hard because I just had a thing about animals and their deadpan faces, and like even at Conan when we started, I was the head writer when we started, and I had this ridiculous rule that when we ever when we do animal characters they have to be realistic faces they can't be <laughs> cartoony faces because it's funnier to see the deadpan that's my wife correcting me <laughs> <laughs> Name of the story. that's I'm not where we were <laughs> uh, once it's not my fault oh, it's not my wife i won't get it no take it no no really it's important. not my wife you only take calls from your wife no no i'm not gonna say who it's from <laughs> it's um so anyway, so I'm laughing at these puppets, and I grabbed one of the dog puppets. There were like five dogs, a cat, a sheep, and a, a, I think a, a seal, a baby seal. <laughs> so 
So I grab one of the dogs and put it on, and I immediately start sniffing her ass <laughs> with it in the store. <laughs> and she was delighted um, because she's the perfect woman. And um, and then she surprised me like on my birthday, like a month later. With she brought home like seven of these ridiculous heads, <laughs> and like coincidentally, like a week later, the Westminster Dog Show was happening, and Letterman. We um, the objective of our show was to not do anything Letterman did. We mm -hmm. were trying to reinvent the late night, uh, the format, and so like Letterman had reinvented it the other way, like found humor. Everything right. is like the stagehands have lines, and he's out on the street and all that stuff. So our rule was just we're going to make everything up, and mm -hmm. you know be absurd and surreal. And so I, I said, let's take these puppets and. Uh, and pretend that we have the Westminster champions, and but it's basically <laughs> just a display of different talents. So one dog sings. You know, they came on one at a time, very formal, like in a dog show, with their champ their long names written on the lower third. And they would, you know, have different talents, like um, singing the bodyguard or two would come out and do dueling banjos. And then it sort of devolved into a dog that could light its own farts and a dog that did Jack Nicholson impressions. So you would have like a fake paw and a dog would put his hand over the forehead and do the hacky Jack Nicholson impression. But they all talked with the Russian yeah. accent because that was another edict I just arbitrarily said. All the dogs have to talk like this because that's it's funnier that they know how I am a dog. And <laughs> Fez still thinks that's your voice, though. Fez is it's like, pretty close. Yeah. It's pretty close. And then um, the dog, uh, <laughs> then like four or five years in, I was already off the show, and I called John Groff, the head writer, and said, oh, I, what if we do that? It was like Westminster time, and I said, I thought of an insult comic for, uh, do you want to put one together? And so he came up with some other talents for some other characters, and then I came on as Triumph. We didn't have the name. <laughs> but I'm, all I really had was that he would say for me to poop on at right. the end of every mm. setup. So it was just basically <laughs> the joke was that he was a hack who had a lame catchphrase. <laughs> and the only way he could insult somebody was with this, this uh, you know, uh, switcheroo where you think he's complimenting <laughs> you. And then he's for me to poop on. And then, and then we quickly realized that... Um, the Triumph could come back and make fun of any guest Conan had on the show and say really horrible things that the audience was dying for him to say, yeah. for Conan to say, but Conan's like super polite. So William Shatner, John Tesh, <laughs> you know, various fish in a barrel Tom would come on, Tom Arnold, and Triumph would be the, the sort of uh, cathartic... But everybody loved it because a puppet did it to him. Yeah, that you know helped. I mean? Yeah. Yes. That, that, it, it's always, that's sort of the, the real secret. Between the accent and the fact that it's a puppet, it's just kind of adorable. Yeah. And so people, it never feels super mean. I uh, I remember it was even when during the World Cup when you were over in Astoria doing it with people, and you would say these awful things, and the people would glare at a puppet. And just that <laughs> thing yes. alone, where right. you, a guy is like, looks like he's ready to knock out a puppet is amazing. Yeah, or that they're just completely baffled because yeah. they don't know the puppet. Like, <laughs> one of my favorite ones that Triumph was in Chinatown. We did the Chinese New Year. People haven't seen this one as much, but it's out there on YouTube. And it's one of my favorite ones because... 
almost nobody knew who Triumph was in Chinatown. <laughs> just merchants. Big in Triumph would just go. It was the year of the dog, so yeah. that's why we did it. And Triumph's like, it's my year! And he would just go to these weird, you know, vegetable stands and and, and grab strange foods and just mm -hmm. take them. This is mine! My year! And then he would leave frame and we would just leave the camera on a Chinese merchant and he'd yeah. just have this deadpan face and then a delayed reaction and then just no <laughs> one of my favorite Robert I, I remember when you did something with live dogs with Louis CK on oh Conan. god that's all over the web I, that's um I google myself well, sure <laughs> as does every person on the planet and um yeah I've noticed that like well, because Louis's enormous, so Louis must everything Louis's ever done is probably unearthed. So one of the things Louis did in his first year was a bit where me and him played dog experts, and the joke was that we really were dog experts. But whenever we would, you know, talk about what a dog is thinking, mm -hmm. you know, sort of in that um, dog whisperer kind of way. We would go into the Russian voice, so it's like your dog is trying to tell you, "Please help me, and I want you to play with me." And that's why he's indicating with his eyes, and when he doesn't eat his food, because I want you to pay attention to me. He's—it's a defense mechanism in a way. And but you even got Conan to do it in the voice. Yeah, but it kind of bombed. But now you know. Now it's considered a classic. Yeah. My favorite thing, it happens more rarely, is when you're talking to somebody and they're, uh, if it's like at a political event where people have a platform and they just take any opportunity to be interviewed to express their sincere views. Yes. <laughs> so even when it's a dog puppet with a tiny plastic microphone, they'll, yeah. they'll speak passionately into the it's camera. the best. Like they think this message is going to get out. They do. They, they look at this as an opportunity. And one of my favorite experiences was with uh, Ron Silver. So uh, some of the most fun triumph <laughs> moments people don't even know about because they happened off the show when Triumph would just appear on other shows for no reason. Like, I was covering the Republican convention in 2004 for a movie that ended up not happening, an aborted movie project. But meanwhile, Ron Reagan Jr. and who co-host? Joe Scarborough used to co-host on MSNBC a, like some sort of a late night thing. And during the during the election, during the, excuse me, the, the conventions, they would have some show called After Hours or something, and they would, it was basically just a round table, like any other round table, and it was Ron Jr. and, um, and, uh, Scarborough, and then the panel was like, do you remember Congressman Susan Molinari? Remember her? She was I don't like even a, remember, no. Oh, she was like the keynote speaker for the Republicans in 88 or 92, and, and she sort of, Dropped out after that. And then uh, a lot of keynote speakers fall on their face. It's yeah. interesting. Um, and then um, Ron Silver and um, uh, Mike Barnacle, you know that yeah, call? Sure. Yeah, So they're all there. And I had a few prepared jokes, but I'm kind of like not that prepared. Usually when I'm Triumph, I, I usually have jokes ready to go that, that we've all written. And... Um, and this time I was just being kind of mean, like just <laughs> calling Mike Barnacle on his plagiarism thing yeah, with George right. Carlin. And he had to take it. And 
one point I'm like underneath the table and Scarborough's like, Where Triumph, where'd you go? I was checking out Molinari's legs. <laughs> and then and then at one point I start I had one prepared joke about the Republicans and Ron Silver starts going at me because <laughs> he was remember he was like yeah. a staunch conservative and name one president who I can't remember the argument. <laughs> I played it for you. Like, it was just like uh he got into a real drawing match with Triumph, and and like I begged them, and then they did it. They made a split screen, <laughs> Triumph and Ron Reagan Jr. And I'm just yelling at him, and then I just finally, do you realize how ridiculous you look? <laughs> this is the lowest point of your career, sir. But are there times that your donut that you're just going? I don't know whether this crosses it all the time. You know, all the time, it's just an uneasy. Today feeling. I was walking in and I was like, okay, what's going on with Fez? Did he really retire? <laughs> yeah. And can try yes. and make a joke about it? Is yeah. it wrong? Is it because I heard you were emotional? And so I was like, eh, maybe I'll leave it alone. <laughs> but I won't if you don't want me to. But, it all, but that's always the thing. You're like, I hope this is, I hope this is working. I hope this is working because you don't really know until after it's over. Yeah. And there have been a couple of times, I admit, where like I did not have the balls to yell at somebody, to, to say something to somebody's face, like Mick Jagger. Yeah. So I just did this. I just flapped my hand. Uh, we'll figure out something later. It's <laughs> like, I'm not going to shit in Mick Jagger's face. I'm not going to do it. Just couldn't. You know, when you were bringing up about people on the street, it's weird how everybody in this country knows how to do TV now. And if you ever watch, like, old documentaries, like, from the 60s, they would just stare at people that would have it, you know. There, there were people just would gather around and look at the TV people. But now everyone's ready to grab a mic. No yeah, what it was a lot more becoming. People had a, a really fake voice Yeah, they spoke on television. They were trying to be uh, very proper and yeah. Uh, yeah. enunciate everything that they said. And it was more respectful. And somehow now, everybody, no matter who they are, kind of feels like a star. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me the mic. Right. I can run with this. No, it's almost an advantage not to um, not to look professional. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, like, when I was a kid, the one person on TV who was like that, and they always said, this is why he's a star, was Ed Sullivan. Right. Remember that? Yeah, sure. You and me, we're old. So and Ed they, Sullivan, yeah. they used to say... Uh, audiences love Ed Sullivan because they f it, it makes them feel like they could be up there, sure. <laughs> basically, because he was yeah. just so stiff and disoriented. Where are the cameras? <laughs> and it was the biggest show around, and no one could figure out why. Yeah, or well, how he was able to book everybody together. I know. I know. Well, you he know? was a he was a Hollywood or a, a, a showbiz columnist before he was a variety. He's Jeffrey Gurian, really, so in a lot of ways, <laughs> but no scarf. Yeah, never wore a scarf. You could be, you could be the next <laughs> Sullivan, Sullivan with a couple of moves. But I and a time machine. Yeah. What was, <laughs> what was always great about Sullivan too is that, and I don't think kids would know how to do this now. You were forced to sit through so many acts that you didn't want to. Well, yeah, that's what like everybody tries to bring back variety because yeah. it's like, come on, variety's great, and it is great, but people have choices now, so. Nobody wants to sit through anything they don't like. Yeah. Unless they don't have a choice. Like, Saturday Night Live is in this perfect time slot where there's mm -hmm. basically nothing else on television of note. I right. mean, you could you could turn it, turn it off and watch something on, um, you know, on demand if yeah. you want. But it's it's like for years just had this little oasis that that 
has never really been seriously challenged. Yeah, and Carson uh, was kind of the same way through his whole run. Like you, if yeah. you wanted to watch late night, f- up until. You know, probably Arsenio, which is like the 90s. Yes. Well, those old... Yeah. But 90-minute Carson Carsons were like defiantly boring. They would talk about because Doc's was, Weekend yeah. for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. It was basically because people just didn't have a choice. Well, yeah. He, yeah, it was the only game in No, town. he did. He shot down Joey Bishop, Merv Griffin, they would happen Dick quick. Cavett. And they all, yeah, they all went quick, too. I mean, they were all like Jack Tyson Parr. fights. Jack Parr came back yeah. and competed on ABC. Yeah, and they all, none of them Like none six of them months to up. a year. No, it's true. Every one of them. There wasn't an appetite yeah. for some reason back then. Or maybe it was just that Carson was just so preemptively everyone's choice and once he left then the floodgates opened because there was no real loyalty and yeah now it's just everywhere you know everyone's got a show but it's weird how they're turning that into variety now like to see jimmy singing with his guest and you're like well now it's become it's because of the internet it's so funny because uh, they, they they were terrified of the internet 10 years ago like i used to do these triumph pieces that would get more attention on the web right than they would from people who actually watched Conan at ten to at twelve thirty at night, like the the Star Wars Triumph uh, made fun of people online at yeah. Star Wars. That's like the first one that really became super famous. Even though Triumph was successful and had made fun of Eminem before that, but that was like a new level. But it was because of the internet. It was because there was it wasn't YouTube yet, but there was an there was uh, this thing called iFilm, mm-hmm. and. There'd be tons of people watching it, and people would send it to me, and I came to realize more people knew it from the web. And then it got to a point where the network thought they were getting smart, and they, were, they took it off. They took everything off, uh, because it's like, we're not making money off of it. And now it's gone the reverse direction, where it's all about, they they feel like they the promotion and the, is worth, it, it's an investment in yeah. ratings. and I don't you know. think they know. I mean, it, it seems like they accept that they don't make money off of it, but it looks like something's happening because uh, people. Well, but are there is at like made. But Fallon gets the most hits on the web and does have the highest ratings too. I don't right. know I don't that. Think, it's, I don't know if there's a correlation because I think that I don't know would, if there is either. I think he would probably be just as watched. I think a lot of people watch late night in clips the next morning. Now. Yeah, I mean, you I know? never watched full shows anymore hardly ever it seems almost hard now well, like, it just wow, seems like why would you <laughs> yeah you know you just check and see if anything interests you no, that, i think fallon, fallon is probably the most talented late night host that there ever was he does so many things in terms of yeah absolutely in terms of like you know uh a five tool player as they would say in yeah, baseball. I mean, he he can, says he didn't dance, but he does. He does everything. Sings, dances, impressions, comedy, everything. Yeah. But, and gets people to bowl with cantaloupes for yeah, some right. fucking reason. Like, yeah. everybody's on there doing games now. Right. I thought it was, like, amazing at 12.30. Like, oh, this! I was so impressed because he went a totally different way than Conan. He, yeah. like, did... He went in the opposite direction that we had been going, you know? When you know we we avoided Letterman and he avoided what we were doing and um, and I was really impressed but I wasn't sure that like you could play games at right. eleven thirty because especially following Leno I thought oh there's this older audience they're going to want political substance and all that but he's just so engaging and his show is just an event every night yeah. 
I think people just think he's so sweet. You know what I mean? Like he's funny, oh, yeah. but he's also no. He's incredibly. Uh, I mean, we were on the show, or me and McBrayer uh, were on the show, and we had a great time. He just made it so easy. He didn't want to know a single thing Triumph was going to say. That's you know, great. he wasn't remotely. He had no fear. Uh, all he cared about was making us feel like uh, like we were having fun. Yeah. Because you know? that's those guys who grew up in improv, you know, instead yeah. of the stand-ups, where the stand-ups are always so ruthless. You know, the improv guys is like, hey, if I make Jimmy you... Jimmy is a stand-up. Yeah. Well, he, a stand-up. Does, yeah, he, he does. Now, his, yeah. Yeah, he no, does. But, he but I saw him, yeah. Really but then did. he didn't do it for a long time. And then in, in preparation for the show, he started going out on tour with Wayne Fetterman, and he was doing right. the road and stuff. But for a long time, he hadn't performed. Yeah, I saw him years yeah. ago, though, yeah. do yeah. all the voices and songs and stuff. And uh, people went crazy. Him. And I remember Amazing. even thinking then I go Saturday Night Live is not is underusing him, you know, like mm-hmm. his well, impressions. I think were he so consciously didn't want to do too many impressions on SNL. I remember yeah. hearing about that that he he was trying to develop his own persona and didn't want to get you know rich littled. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it he, can happen. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be seen as just an impressionist. But now. He has this vi- this vehicle where he's obviously going to get his personality out, and ever since he got the talk show, he's done a million impressions again, many more yeah. than he used to do on SNL. He did Robin Williams one night when Robin was in the audience, and Robin came down to congratulate <laughs> him on his impression. And he was so excited about that. He himself was excited. And yeah. Robin happened to be there. Robin was such a uh, comedy fan, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Feldman knew Robin really well. Yeah. And Robin did Night of Too Many Stars once. So, you know, uh, which is this, the people aren't, don't know, it's this sort of all-star comedy benefit that I do every couple of years on Comedy Central. And, uh, like everybody's done it. And Robin did it, I think in 2010 or something. And he wasn't on till the very end. He did a live auction, uh, that was hilarious. But, but I did Triumph with Jon Stewart. And I had like a, a, like a three minute bit with Jon Stewart and, and some there was some technical problem that that happened in the middle of uh, the bit, and I improvised some funny line about it. Uh, and Robin, like after my segment, and it did great, you know. Mm-hmm. But then Robin comes over to me and is like, "Oh, that," you know, and he quotes the line, <laughs> yeah. and he's imitating Triumph, yeah. and he was like, "That was perfect," you know. And it was just so kind of him to, uh, you know, and generous to to pay the compliment to me you know and uh and and then he did his auction and he he upped the stakes like he was auctioning off some walk-on for some sitcom Mm -hmm. in los angeles and then at a certain point he said i'll throw in uh dinner with me (laughs) you know and then like made another twenty thousand. knowing that Mm. that would be like most people's yeah you know night of the life he threw he threw that in yeah and then uh you know, and of course, followed through, and the people had an amazing time. Your auction items this year were beyond incredible. John Oliver, you got to commit a crime with him. Yeah, well, <laughs> at a certain point, and Night of Too Many Stars, we decided that it would, we had this idea of like using the celebrities in the live auctions mm-hmm. as offering some ridiculous stunt. So, you know, one year Chris Rock. Uh, when your Chris Rock did um, a, an auction where it was like, Chris Rock will curse out your ex on the phone. <laughs> so we actually called a woman's ex-boyfriend and 
Chris Rock said, you are missing out on the <laughs> best fucking pussy. <laughs> you know, and and he told me that it was the biggest laugh he'd ever gotten in his life. I could not believe it. Yeah. At the Beacon Theater in this particular. I mean, Chris Rock. Mm. So that was like. I thought so the, great the Marty Short thing of coming out uh, on Broadway stage and taking yeah, a bow with him was oh. about the funniest oh, good. thing. because oh, you saw it on air. Yeah. Good. And I was just sitting at home going, yeah. I, I would have loved to have done that bit more than anything else. And I have no idea why. Just to come out with the cast. I'm trying to remember. Who yeah. came up with that? I think, it, I mean, I remember it was in the room with a bunch of guys. I feel like you, it might have been. Did you come up with that? I, it was in the room. That's no, the no, thing. I, but I remember because you, you're friends with. Martin Tr- yeah, because you were the one who was talking about the play. Yeah, it was it was great. No, but somebody had the idea of the thing, and then we thought of the play. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing about being in the room, I guess. You don't know where to put any credit, right? Because it just spins around. A lot of times that does happen, yeah. 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 A guy spent 28 grand, to, and they dressed him up as Robin Hood. <laughs> and they brought him on stage with Louis C.K. to take a bow. It was amazing. It was just so funny. Yeah, yeah it was a very funny bit. Is it still that uh, that kind of Dick Van Dyke show thing when you're writing comedy, though? I remember. The Alan Brady thing. The, 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 the Brady, boss. Yeah. The boss. Who well, you have to substitute. <laughs> if you, if you, you, it's exactly like it, except you have to um, imagine what if Maury Amsterdam and Rosemary were basically on sedatives <laughs> and, everybody, and so instead of like being on yeah. one knee and like I got a great idea <laughs> it's more like people's voices just like well maybe if Triumph that would make a great sketch and there are some comedy writers like who like the Kefauver hearings yeah. Sorry? it's like the Kefauver like, hearings Senator uh, <laughs> life has just ground you down uh, just so many pitches have died no, there are some. There was one writer, John Vitti, a brilliant writer, who's one of the original Simpsons writers, and he patented a, a, a certain pitch style that I've heard from other writers <laughs> over the year, where you are pitching an idea and you start to lose so much confidence in your saying it that your voice is not only getting quieter, but pitches getting higher you're somehow trying not to talk but you're forcing it out and it's causing anyway and, and it was, anyway. <laughs> literally that's what that would up. happen huh people were picking that up now from other writers. no it's just i noticed it after Vidi because it was just like what if you know and then shatner comes out and maybe he thinks that people should you know maybe star wars he's jealous of star wars and and just <laughs> goes on. It goes from there. <laughs> Robert Smigel's here, along with David Feldman, Michael Coleman, uh, Craig Rowan. <laughs> Thank you, Fez. Dear Thank God, you, what's he going to do without you? And the writers of the Jack and Triumph show having yes. a season finale this Friday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Adult Swim. Plus... Night of Too Many Stars. You can still be part of that if you go to omaze.com. Still plenty of things you can bid on, including tickets to the very last Daily Show mm, with wow. John Stewart. Yeah. His last show. It's actually a contest. It's not a... Yeah. It's it's a... Uh, you can enter for you, 10 bucks. You buy a, like a lottery ticket for Yeah, it. and you can enter as many times as you want yeah. to increase your chances. And it's like any one of those Kickstarter things where the more you enter, you get like perks. You get little... Things along the way, like and John Stewart said rewards. he'd take a selfie with you if you win. Yes, wow. 
Yeah, he'll take a selfie with you. That's that one's going for a ton of money. Um, but there's other amazing ones. Judd Apatow, the the uh, famous director, Judd Apatow is. Uh, there's a contest where Judd Apatow will direct your Vine video, your six second Vine video. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so you go to Los Angeles and you'll meet Judd Apatow, and you have a creative meeting about your Vine video, and then he'll shoot it. And do basically whatever you want. Now the the thing is, as you guys know, if you're some young person coming up in this, how long would it take you to meet a Judd Apatow? Right, I figured people would just like have their parent, like rich kids who want to be in show business. (laughs) That's exactly that's exactly right. So you've got him for a couple of minutes to say God knows what. More than a couple of minutes. So do a whole. He'll he'll take the time and do a vine, and they'll probably do a behind the scenes film about it on Funny or Die. That's a great one, and another great one is that I can't believe hasn't generated more money. I don't think people know about it. Is that if you go to omaze.com slash Simpsons, this is the first time they've ever done this. The Simpsons will draw you if you win the contest. You'll be drawn into an episode of The Simpsons. That's wow, insane. That's yeah, crazy. A, a character. That's, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. Of what you're doing now is everything is almost iconic. Like you could not. Yeah. Win these or buy these. These things don't even exist. No, I mean, life. you know, it's all these nice people. Yeah. Uh, have gone out of their way to be generous about this, and they're the reason. We, you know, we've that that um, organizations made uh you know almost five million dollars this year that's fantastic many man. stars yeah and particularly when you say them coming off to so many like crazy silly ideas and then th- yes. that turns into money yes. you know there's basically it was just a bunch of wise asses coming up with weird ideas but it actually then ends up with people who could use it and do good with it yeah you know no it's a it's a very you know it's the only organization the only national organization that that sort of uh, focuses more not so much on a cure and biomedical research it's it's focusing on services and schools programs all to to serve the people living with autism right now well the the end of that show with weird out was one of the i mean it just killed you it was one mm. of the coolest things oh, nice. i had seen and he is really such a, a sweet guy yes. too mm-hmm. i mean yeah. he's a yeah. uh like a lot of people that weird out but i've sat down with him a, a few yeah. times he's so fast and funny yeah, he's great. And unique to have that career that's lasted so no, many years it was funny he said he'd never been so nervous is that right? As yeah, because he just didn't, you know, it was uncharted territory for him. Yeah, doing a duet with this girl, he barely knew her. He met her a night the night before, and but she did a duet with Katy Perry the, the yeah. previous yeah. time, and she was, she's just, um, she wasn't remotely nervous about it. Yeah, she's and just, then by the time all the kids came out, and oh yeah, with with we are the yeah. world type moment, it was <laughs> fantastic, and that's that's the that is what I think worked about that. Did you see the thing with Gilbert? Yes, man. That was unbelievable. Well, first of all, just to see Gilbert break character. Showing any kind of (laughs) warmth. uh, You would think that would break the internet right there. Yeah, Gilbert came in here one day, and it was the day that uh, somebody had gotten hit. uh, The Ray Rice video had gotten released. Oh, my God. And and Gilbert had tears coming out. His excitement level of seeing... 
seeing this. You know, he knows nothing about football, but suddenly now was a gigantic fan. Yeah. You know. That's great. And then to see him that night of, uh, and it's also the, the weird thing about. Uh, of comedy is like obviously Gilbert had never at any time considered that this is what his work would do for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like we were talking about the way I felt about Letterman when I was a kid, you know, that this is the one, everything's screwed up, but this is the one thing I could connect to. The fact that that kid could connect to Gilbert mm. floored him, floored him. You could see it in his mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. And it allowed him to speak. For people who didn't see it, he was not al- he was not able to speak before he related to the, the Iago character that Gilbert did. And yeah, supposedly so dad, that's what gave him the power yeah, to well, speak. Well, his dad. Um, well, it's sort of a very mysterious, you know, condition, and um, and it's probably caused. There are probably like uh, hundreds of forms of it, literally mm-hmm. different mutations. That, and so the kids are very different, and in in Owen's case, he. Loved Disney movies and uh, would watch them over and over, but he never spoke. And then Ron, his dad, had the idea to speak to him in the voice of Iago. And um, and Owen responded, you know. It was amazing, man. Yeah. And it brought, it brought out something in him that made him want to talk. Led to everything else. So yeah, and then for a few moments we saw that Gilbert is a person. You know what I mean? Not yeah. just not that just the, in a funny joke machine. Yes, but you could actually see a human being. He was about I, I counted about forty eight frames. <laughs> <laughs> it was like right as he made the choice to hug Owen. <laughs> earlier in rehearsal, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hug him," and then why don't you have you know the principal from the high school come on and we'll play the sitcom music. Right. You know, he's saying this in front of the kid, you know, mocking the whole idea of hugging Owen. But then in the moment, he felt it. And then like about 48 frames in, he breaks apart and he's like, what did I just, what just happened? What? Oh boy, that was, okay. So, Jack and Triumph show. Yeah, Jack and Triumph show. That's what all these guys That's are what all you guys are doing. What, how did Jack... Uh, become a part of this. Well, he uh, his parents conceived him in <laughs> Conyers, Georgia. He grew up. He he's somebody who before he did Thirty Rock, he was um, a guy who would recur in small roles on Conan. Mm-hmm. He was a Second City guy who had come to New York, and some of the writers knew him from Second City, and they started bringing him on and having him do stuff. So we all knew him when he got Thirty Rock, and then. You know, he's just hilarious on 30 Rock. He was my favorite character, probably. And uh, anyway, then jump ahead 10 years, and and, uh, Conan's doing a week in Chicago. And there's this diner, there's this uh, hot dog stand called the Wiener's Circle, where the... uh, the black ladies behind the counter like to give you sass. Yeah. They like to sass you. They like to throw the sass. You know, I'll have a hot dog with extra sass. And, uh, and yeah, in addition to the food, they add sass. Yeah. They add sass. Yes. No, they, they, would, they would tear the, you know, frat boy uh, yuppies into shreds. And it was just this sort of ritual that had become a huge thing in Chicago where... 
you're allowed to yell at the staff and they're allowed to really tear into you. And it's just sort of some people found it horrifying and other people thought it's all good fun. But it was this strange sort of organized racism, I called it. <laughs> um, but it, it felt like um, it, I didn't think anybody was really being racist when I was there, just drunk and obnoxious. Um, so we uh, I, I knew of this place. I lived near it when I lived in Chicago. So I had thought it would be an amazing place for Triumph to go to to sass back at these ladies. And then I had this idea when Conan went to Chicago that Conan would go in there first and then I would be his avenging angel and <laughs> and tear these ladies apart. But then Conan couldn't do it. So then I immediately thought of McBrayer because he's basically the sweetest persona on the planet, you know? Just who would, be, who would you imagine is the most polite person right. who would not deserve to be to be sassed to this degree. So so we did it, and it was the most popular uh, Triumph bit since the Star Wars bit 10 years earlier. And I had been looking to do something with Triumph other than just these bits because I was getting older and um, I needed money. <laughs> no, and I was like, I was, I was, I literally, because I have a boy with autism and... Um, you know, and I'm getting older and I, I need to support him for the rest of his life. And, and so I was starting to try and write sitcoms. I wrote one for Rob Riggle. It didn't go. Feldman and I wrote one that was crazy. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it sold. I, we, I would pitch this idea and get the biggest laughs I'd ever gotten in a pitch. And then no. And then I just got fed up and thought, well, what if I did the sitcom with Triumph? And then I thought, no, that'd be awful. But then we did this thing with McBrayer. And he was the one person I thought, yeah, maybe there'd be that. Maybe that'd be a funny pairing. Well, just nothing sticks to him. Like he could be in the worst possible situation, mm -hmm. but it just slides off of him somehow. Yeah. That persona he has—it's amazing. Yes, um, he's sunny. He is very, very <laughs> sunny <laughs> and forgiving. And um, yeah, he makes a great uh, makes a great uh, rube for Triumph too because he's very trusting. So, so we did uh, seven shows last last fall, and and they they're wrapping up tomorrow. The the first seven. Um, you haven't seen the show. Have you? I haven't seen it yet. No, no. You even, nobody knows it's even on TV. There. All I know is Joey Fatone takes a beating on that show. <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, so you've seen it? It's my I I recorded on Friday night, and then it's my Saturday morning triumph show. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. so you treat it like a Saturday morning yeah. show for yourself? Like it's that's a, interesting. Yeah, I treat it like a old fashioned puppet show. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's when it should be on. I think. Well, I I actually because there hasn't. I don't think you guys have been getting the advertising that you need because I read about it and I'm like, oh, great. When does it start? And they're like, no, we're doing the last one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I, you know, I'm already a big fan. So Fez knew about Fez it. Fez knows about it, but he keeps things quiet. I was you know? there for one of the tapings. It was very, it was the Siri taping with Vinnie Pastor and uh, yes. Chris Maloney. And we had Joey the voice Fatone. of Siri, the real voice of Siri. Oh, it was, was a real Siri. We have a lot of, we have a, uh, yeah. Voiceover a, a Pretty specialist. strange collection of guest stars. Alan Thick is is our guest star tomorrow night. And he's hilarious. He really uh, is. Does, and Andrea Martin. I love Andrea Martin. I th honestly, They're both I think great. she's a genius. She is a genius. It was great to work with her.
Uh, we got to wrap this up. But guys, it was so cool having you guys come in here, man. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, and I wish you the best. <laughs> Fez, in your future endeavors, that was... No, you're not leaving, are you? Yes, I am. Really I think, no, I April Fool's I think you know, it was a great April Fool's <laughs> joke. Work. No, not him leaving, but the, <laughs> your fans pretending to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could they all get together and say, listen, we're all going to pretend that we give a shit and that this is a tragedy and fans will buy it. <laughs> it's the season finale of the Jack and Triumph show tomorrow night uh, and on Adult Swim at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, adultswim.com. Thank you, Robert Smigel, David Feldman, Michael Coleman, Thank Craig you. Rowan, and for Night of Too Many Stars, you can still donate at nyc4a.org. That's for New York Collaborates for Autism. Also, win amazing prizes at omaze.com, and also twizzlerchallenge.org, where you can donate and dedicate your donation. Mm. That's it. Take care, everybody. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's the Ed Dubai Show. Dog. watched it for a little while I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of Satellite's gone Way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled With park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV You know what you've been doing? You've been to SiriusXM.com slash on demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand.